middle car week one hey babes my wish for everybody john whether you're out there watching this on youtube live whether you're watching this on youtube not live hit that thumbs up button whether you're listening to this podcast wherever it is you listen to your podcast whether you're catching it some other way, you know, you VPN'd from, uh, from some other nation and you're watching this uh, illegal Reddit stream, however you're watching it, may you be the Derrick Henry of life, John, and not the guys assigned to sit on their hands and knees as Derrick Henry uses you for, I don't even know what, <laughs> stiff arm practice. That's a pretty good drill. You know, I mean, well, I mean <laughs> well, just his natural size. You know, I went to a practice actually there for Fry's bachelor party three or four years ago. Went to Nashville, made it a week, and uh, I know John Robinson, so I went there to see him. And I went to a practice, and I remember Dion Lewis was on the team. I think I took a picture and tweeted out Dion Lewis was standing next to Derek. Hen- yeah, God, yeah, I remember is, that. He is bigger than you think in person. Like it's. He's extra nor he, he's huge. He's massive. But but so what I, a, I think those are just normal people trying to tackle him. That's where you hit him. Like are, in the are, th- are those members of the fifty three man <laughs> roster? Because if those are members of the fifty three man roster, hey, uh, <laughs> coach, coach needs you over here. Uh, Henderson, Billingsley, and Smith. Let me get you guys over here. We got to do a little something different today. I need you guys to get on all fours over here, and Derrick Henry's going to just jog by and pat you on the head. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's Julio or AJ Brown, but I—I well, I mean, it's—it's it's possible. Some, you know, fifty-three guys. Maybe you just go, Vrabes. I'm gonna need three practice squatters for my original individual drills, please. This is the equivalent of like just having to go get the coffee order for the office right there. Look at this I would—I would imagine we don't get that many clips of fifty-three man practices, like stuff like that. I—I I think you would be shocked. How many like pretty laughable drills go on for players? I mean, what what are you doing? I it, the pra- football practice. They are not like the practices we go to to training camp where it's pretty serious. It I don't think it quite looks like that once the season starts. I think it's a lot of that stuff. You, you get iron sharpens iron, guy. <laughs> that's, that's, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. <laughs> for those of you only listening, uh, just. Uh, Buck Reesing, it looks like, tweeted it out. Just put, type in Derrick Henry or or go to the YouTube and watch the uh, the first video. So, do you like do you like him from a fantasy standpoint this week against the uh, Cardinals? Yeah, John. I you know what I say about Derrick Henry this week? Give him his flowers. Yeah, no cap. Give him his flowers, no cap. You want to stay on the reservation? Uh, Paul on YouTube says any person who's ever played sports has been embarrassed. Professional athletes are no exception. I uh, I remember my, our senior year in high school, we played Vacaville, mm. and they had two guys. One was named uh, Kyle Williams, I think his first name was. Williams was definitely the last name. Yeah, I don't. that might not have been his first name. Something Williams. He went to USC, played fullback. Uh, in the heyday, we, right, we graduated high school in the fall of, or the spring of 03. Thomas. So that would have been the fall of 02. So Thomas, Thomas Williams. Williams yeah. That was actually a little before the heyday then, huh? That was probably second year of Pete. But, you know, Pete was recruiting. He was going after the big fish. But they had a defensive end named Kyle Devan, who was the starting guard for Peyton Manning in the Super Bowl. And he went to Oregon State and had a really good NFL career. I think he's 
I think he's coaching the Pac-12. Uh, maybe he was someone's offensive line coach. So I, he's probably not there anymore. I'm not sure where he is now. But I just remember him. I had We, we ran the 28 sweep. And in the 28 sweep, the right guard, the play, you kick out the defensive end and your running back hits that hole, right? Well, as you, you know, you're doing your steps to, you know, pull and knock out the, you know, hit him on the hip and drive him. Kyle Devans, and there's no film study. You just knew they had big players and you just, this guy was fucking huge. Before, as I put my pads down, I remember him grabbing me and tossing me. And this was like the second play of the game. The 28th sweep did not work. <laughs> as Thomas Williams. Did you go back to, just go back to it? Is destroying people. I think we started running the other way. Wherever he was, we tried to run away from Thomas and definitely away from Devan. If you have two Pac-10 players back then against Davis High, like you're not, we didn't have one Division One athlete. You know, we had Hawkins, but I mean, what are we doing here? Yeah, have, I mean, if that was our senior Pac-12. year, Mike, Mike Brown was gone. Yeah, the, the, you know, we had Yaxon and Finazzo played at baseball at Chico State, but I got I got tossed like a rag doll. So it works. Um, I remember Napa High School. I'm not a big live in the past guy, but just vividly remember Napa going down right guard. It might not. They might not no, have been called Napa High School. You think? They, um, they, but they had a high school like of, a Nevada, like a like Nevada Union. Those guys? No, I, I'm thinking senior year we went that way. You know, because we played Vallejo. You know, we were in the Monticello Empire League, so it included Benicia, Vallejo, and Napa. And the Napa guys, unlike Devan and Thomas, who were both of them, I think played in the NFL. Obviously, Devan did. They had a bunch of guys that looked like us, but they were strong and they were powerful at the line of scrimmage. A lot of four-point stances, firing off the ball, couldn't block those guys either. I mean, I couldn't block anybody, but that was a tough matchup for uh, for Dave Sy, the, that Napa team. Steve says vintage, was, vintage high school, maybe? Yeah, but I think it was vintage high school. Steve. They had a, they had a defensive Steve. line that was just 5'10", 200-pound guys that were explosive. Well run program. A bunch of uh, uh, what was his name from the Colts? Uh, Robert uh, Mathis's. No, he wasn't yeah, five ten, but the, relative the little, to the, yeah, white richer kid version of Napa for sure. <laughs> <laughs> they were good, you know. You you experienced that in Fresno. They they had a lot of teams with a lot of like just well coached tough guys. Yeah, you not know? Division one athletes, but guys who this is this meant a lot to them. Absolutely. Yeah, it's where Josh yeah. Allen cut his teeth, John. I drove through Fireball you know? this weekend. Fireball. It was pretty. You've driven through Fireball, I'm sure, right? Oh yeah, I've been to Fireball. I haven't just driven it, through Fireball. I've been to Fireball. It's pretty insane driving through Kingsburg, that, baby. That's a place to be. I'll tell you that. That Fireball produced not an NFL quarterback, but like a guy who just made 150 million dollars guaranteed. I had that thought when I was driving through. I'm like, this is nuts. 9,100 people is what the sign said. One of them was Josh Allen. Yeah, all he ever wanted to do was play for the dogs. Didn't get that chance. Him? Yeah, Kaepernick, him. You know, the, the dogs. It's a shame. Some the, people don't get to all... accomplish their dreams, John. And for Josh yeah. Allen, it'll just never happen. <laughs> yeah, you know, feel bad for him. Yeah, he'll be he'll be uh, rooting for uh, Cal Poly this week, I guess, in the big Fresno State Cal Poly game, which I have not seen a television uh, television uh, network on that one yet. Yeah, we just, Might you know, we don't get much television love in San Luis Obispo. Is that a home game? I don't think it's being played at... Uh, I don't think we do home and Mike homes. Mike Kruko Stadium. No, no. It's, it's, uh, no, it's, it's her, the guy who signs Herbert checks. Uh, they call it Spanos. Spano Stadium. Yeah, Spanos clearly needed a write-off when I was in college and gave him probably like 
75 grand, but I swear to God, I was at the game that they announced it. He acted like it was 75 million the way he walked. <laughs> Wait a second. So Spanos has spent more money on Cal Poly Stadium than his own stadium. Uh, yeah. I mean, in 76 years, his dollar a year rent, he will have spent. No, in 76,000 years, he will have spent as much as he spent on Cal Poly. Now, in all seriousness, it might have been like $500,000. It was a pretty big renovation, but it was it was cool. I mean, it made the place look a lot, because before it probably looked like uh, Clovis East or something. I mean, it was, it was a joke. Like, Fresno State would never, unless you paid him like $5 million, would never play there. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. <laughs> do, do teams ever, a division of, a non-Power 5, but Division 1 team has never gone to an FCS team, right? I mean, I've never heard of it. Maybe it's, you, maybe there's like some, you know, there's a fire somewhere or somebody, there's a flood, you get displaced and you play that game. But I've never heard of that, no. No, it'd, that'd be pretty sweet, though. It'd probably sell out. I mean, maybe we're getting closer, John. You know, FCS, we keep talking about the death of lower-level football, but like six FCS teams won this, six or seven, won this weekend, so... Yeah, my, my buddy, uh, Anthony Patch, who works for the Eagles, who got me hired with the Eagles who lives in Spokane, Washington. So he's just a West Coast guy. Forwarded me, I think I forwarded you, the Big Sky's tweet that it was just like one of their greatest, you know, days in in conference history. They had three, three programs beat Division One programs. Like, I, I don't care. That's a UC Davis, deal. Eastern Washington, and Montana. Montana. Eastern Washington beat Colorado State. UC Davis beat Tulsa and Montana beat Washington. I'd also yeah. say it's not like you just beat New Mexico State three times, right? I mean, that's... Yeah. Actually, New Mexico State might even be mm-hmm. D1AA now. No, no, no. They're, are they independent? Yeah, they're not in the WAC. Or, I mean, the Mountain WAC doesn't exist, the Mountain West. Yeah. John, this show is brought to you, sponsored by our friends at Tito's Handmade Vodka. You guys delivered this weekend, sending us pick and since the weekend. So this is a Tito's Tuesday. You guys delivered, sending us a bunch of pictures of your Tito's, your beverages. I'll tell you, you mentioned this over the weekend. Some of you going bold with Tito's and like a, a hard seltzer beverage as like a mixer. I think that's what was going on with some of you. But keep sending us those pictures. We appreciate it. And uh, we definitely appreciate all the support that you're giving us and Tito's. I learned my lesson this week because it is a fant- It tastes very good. The truly fruit punch. With Tito's, I, I was also drinking with a guy who might weigh like 240 pounds. You know, and, you know, middle cough robes between about 85 to 95. So he's got me by a decent amount. You got to be careful with that one. If you can handle it, do it. But uh, I, I, I'm really responsibly. More, I'm more, yeah, savor responsibly. I'm a Tito soda guy. Tito, we do transfusions here on this show. We do it all. Uh, but it mainly just starts with Tito's. The number one vodka in America that was started once upon a time, not that long ago, by a man with a vision that not many people saw except Tito, because that's his name, Tito. He maxed out 19 credit cards, he laid it all on the line, and he just worked, and he worked. And then finally the dam break, or broke, when he won the, I think, uh, was it the uh, Wine and f- Food and Wine San Francisco? It's, I, uh, it's just the spirits competition. He was double gold, I think. Yeah, dominated. They don't even and give that in this, the Olympics. And then this guy named Trader Joe, they, they heard about him, and they reached out, and then the rest is history. And now they're the number one spirit in America, number one vodka in America. They sponsor this show and also the uh, the PGA Tour. <laughs> uh, so uh, <laughs> no big deal. Tito's for the win. John, don't forget about this week. Make yourself a Tito's kickoff. Start the season off with a classic. Just mix some orange juice and soda water 
with a splash of Tito's. Keep your cocktail game fresh and easy. That's a little Tito's, right? A couple ounces of OJ, two ounces of soda water, maybe a little slice of orange, and uh, there you go. That's the way you roll. You know the best part about soda water What's when that? you do a mixture is it's just very versatile, right? You put the you put the soda water with the alcohol, and then you can just if you want to add OJ, you want to add cranberry, you want to add a little lemon. Like it's just it, it's flavor. It's I don't I don't know the right word for it, but it's just it's a verse. It's like a, it's like Taysom Hill or a use check. It, it can just be used for a lot of different things when you are taking down alcoholic beverages with Tito's. Shout out to our guy Jeff Schwartz in the chat who said he loves Montana, his new favorite FCS team. What's up, Schwartz? Well, he, hates, he hates Washington. He's I, a duck. I didn't realize till I followed him that closely that Washington, I guess it makes sense, that Washington and Oregon hate each other that much. It really sucks if you're Oregon State and Washington State were like your biggest rival. Actually, you're their second biggest rival because their rivalry is with each other. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, it'd be like being married and then being divorced. And then getting remarried and like the, you know, the, the two previous partners talk more like their conversations are more relevant than the two new couples, if that makes sense. Do you think if you ask, I know he played for the team, so it's, you know, it's clearly what they hammered Bilotti right in the team meeting. If you just ask the average Oregon or Washington alumni, just normal student who their number one rival is in sports. Do you think most of them would say Washington state and Oregon state, or they would say Oregon or in Washington? They would say that. Yeah. I think, so they, I think Oregon views its biggest rival as Washington and Washington views its biggest rival as Oregon. Definitely for football. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. it's USC, UCLA. What is Cal Stanford? I'm just saying that. Oh yeah. The, yeah. Yeah. For those people. Yep. I, I didn't quite realize that. Yeah. It's, I mean, I, mean, I have I, now, now over I the do years, think but particularly, it feels like losing the apple cup for UW is worse, I, I don't know, Schwartz could respond to this, than it is for Oregon. It feels like that, the Apple Cup, is a bigger deal than Oregon, Oregon State, in terms of like how much those people talk about it. Um, maybe that's a reflection of Washington State fans. I'm not sure, but... Yeah, the Apple Cup, and I guess we got a, you know, RIP, the Civil War, because it's, what's it called now? Just the game? I those two names were pretty sweet. Those two get names were pretty sweet, right? Yeah. There's no like, there's no name for UCLA USC. Uh, it's just a sweet game. Frantic yeah, the, the 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 highway, something about a highway, which is always the worst name for anything. Is I bring up a highway, the highway one rivalry, you know that type of thing. What's Stanford Cal? The big game, or no, big game, not the word the, just big game. I learned that one. Because what's Auburn, uh, Alabama is the Iron Bowl. Iron right? Bowl. Yep, that's that's a pretty solid name. It's a very good one. And then you have like the battle for whatever. Some of them are named off whatever the trophy is, right? What was Hawaii Fresno State? The Golden Screwdriver. It still is. Yeah. I was once on college game day talking about it. It was literally a joke and people took it seriously. And so they San Jose it. State, Fresno State have a rivalry? Uh, yeah, the battle for Los Banos, I think. <laughs> <laughs> who gets to claim Fireball? Yeah, who gets to claim Fireball? <laughs> I don't know how that one works. <laughs> Silicon Valley just versus the Valley. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, b- b- boots versus loafers. <laughs> Tr- trucks like versus that. Teslas. Silicon Valley versus the Valley. That's a good one. Yeah, just trucks versus Teslas or something like that. Yeah, I can do trucks Get, versus Teslas. Yeah, pe- petrol versus sun power. <laughs> yeah. A podcast also brought to you, John, by MyBookie.ag promo code Ham One where you can use the promo code HAM1 and my book will match your first deposit dollar for dollar up to a thousand bucks. 
Uh, you can also decline the bonus if you bet the full amount. You do have to, uh, or you, if you accept the bonus, you have to bet the full amount before you withdraw funds. But either way, use Ham One. Let them know we sent you. Uh, just before this podcast, you and I were kind of finalizing our plan for our lock of the week this season, and we've decided, based on an accident that we stumbled into on Sunday when you and I started debating what was the worst game for this week one, the Texans Jags game or the Giants uh, Broncos game. I say. Texans-Jags is more watchable. You say Broncos-Giants. We could all agree it's lose-lose if you're watching any of those games. Uh, that maybe we should include the worst game of the week in our bets of the week. So would you like to yeah. reveal what our plan is for uh, for the season starting this week? I, I, you don't put Eagles-Falcons in that group, do you? I mean, uh, yeah, we, could, if we really wanted to make a list, like they'd be in the conversation. Yeah, so we'll do lock of the week and I think do the dud of the week. Uh, it's just probably the easiest way to do it. So yeah. we will gamble. I was calling Last it year, the hostage game, like the game that you wouldn't watch even if you were a hostage and this was the only game they gave you access to. But I think dead of the week is more easy to understand what it is. Yeah, we'll just go lock of the week, which is just our favorite bet of the week. Uh, and I think as the last time we talked and really just looking at the slate, which I've looked at nonstop from a gambling perspective, it does feel the only true playoff team versus a team that you feel is going to draft really high is Niners, Lions. You know, maybe you could get to Bears, Rams, but it's a little early to think that. Like, I know the Lions are going to be really bad. That's kind of where I stand on lock of the week. And what we'll do is last week, last year, we'll we put, uh, we'll just put three hundred dollars on the big game, the game that we feel strong, lock, and then yeah. we'll just we'll just throw a hundred dollars on the dud of the week, just right. to, just to. Because that will, if I got a hundred dollars, and honestly, guy, I'm thinking Texans plus two and a half, because just. You, I will. I will look Texas at the money dud. line. Well, I will look at the dud of the week extremely unemotionally. Like just, just like what would if I'm just a pure gambler? It's on the road. You know, it's urban now. The, the Texans, Texans are hosting. Are, Tyrod Taylor's a professional NFL quarterback. Yeah, he is. I mean, the, you know, the beauty of the dud of the week is that the, each time we do that pick, it's the argument that we have to make for which team we think we should go with is going to be so weak. <laughs> Well, if you were, because I would bet the if we did the Broncos Giants, I would feel pretty comfortable doing the Broncos. But it is in New York, 10 a.m. kickoff. I kind of, I, I do, I feel better. It's not. See, I don't view the Eagles, uh, Falcons as a dud of the week, even though those are probably two non-playoff teams. Because I will feel very confident betting on the Eagles in that game. But I, I, I do feel the Texans and the and the 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 Jags deserve that hundred dollars. <laughs> I would say if you ask the average fan, because we talked about from a fantasy perspective, is I that game probably has the least amount of fantasy players, right? I mean, I can't imagine there's a human being who feels good about his fantasy team that goes, oh, yeah, I got a Texan. He's going to play a major role in my squad, right? That is not the case. No. You know what's crazy? Maybe the at, Jags. They have a running back. Look at the Texans roster for a team that should be pretty bad. Their lack of interesting rookies they're like Nico well, they Collins. Didn't have any, the, why they didn't no? have any picks? Nico Collins in the third round. Davis Mills in the third round. Garrett Wallow, uh, fifth round linebacker. Um, do, let's just Texans running backs. Here's the list of here's the guys they got on their roster: Mark Ingram, Philip Lindsay, David Johnson, Rex Burkhead. So basically, every guy has either made a Pro Bowl or played in the Super Bowl in that group. Those are pretty famous running backs, wouldn't you say? Mm-hmm. In just NFL vernacular, mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, those 
all four guys have either had great fantasy years, played on great teams, been in the had balls thrown to them by Tom Brady. <laughs> that is not a it's a random group, but it is a pretty famous group. That has to be their most famous group of players in a unit on their team. Uh, I mean, yeah, I think so. I mean, who's their backup quarterback? Well, is it not blank space anymore? I mean, it's Mills. It's not Deshaun. <laughs> well, but when Casario gave out their depth chart, it's like, well, who's going to be your backup quarterback on game day? Like, I get you put him at third, so it's just going to be Davis Mills and Watson. Is Watson going to be on at the game on the sideline, or do they tell him to stay home? I mean... Doesn't feel like it, does it? Pretty weird. You think if they he's tell him there. to stay home? He's been. Show, he's, you think he's going to show up like this week to practice? How can Probably. he be on the sidelines, healthy and not play, <laughs> but also not be banned? I had someone DM me. What if he's in the stands? Asking, like bought a asking me if they thought it was crazy if he like kind of forces their hand to try to play, and I was like, ah, I think he's in a tough spot on that one. Because like, what if his competitive juices get going? Well, yeah, wouldn't they? What do you think it was like sitting at four weeks of training camp? You think he's like, this sucks? Oh. Yeah, John, running back is their best. Anyway. You, you, you want to take them? You think they can get us 100 bucks? Yeah, but remember, you said it on the last podcast and you said it to me the other day. We, the problem here is like we got to wait till the last minute. Now, on the dud of the week, you might not have to, but we probably should. Just wait until it's as late Just as possible. Just place a bet on, sun, on Sunday morning. Just in case anything, you know, I remember speaking of Schwartz, I was listening to his podcast a while back and he did a thing about there was like some prop bet about who will be the Patriots week one starter. And he was like, well, in what scenario is it not Cam Newton? It's like, well, (laughs) here we are. Right. And even before Cam got cut, like what if COVID just takes him out? Like that's more what we're talking about here. Right. Yeah. So remember Uncle Uncle Joey would say, cut it out. He got cut. He's gone. Yeah. What was it? it was scissors. Then what was it? I thought it was out. cut it yeah. out. Oh, thumb, yeah, thumb out. Uh, MyBookie.ig promo code HAM1. So tune in Thursday. I guess we'll make the pick on the show Thursday every week. And then barring, you know, we reserve the right to change the pick Sunday morning. But our, our goal should be to, to decide on Thursday, barring some last minute change. I, I, I like where your mind's at. Uh, that'll be fun. Now you can fade HAM. You can ride with HAM. That, you know, that's up to you. We're going to stay in our lane. We're not going to get outrageous, and I'm probably to blame for that last Last week. Well, no. Last week, we just got bored always picking the Jets. Yeah. Well, I mean, I I might not, you know, venture far away from the Lions. They might be the squad. Or the Texans. Yeah, you're saying the Yeah, you're right. Like, could they combine to win three games total, those three teams, or those two teams? I mean, if they try hard and work together. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's teamwork. <laughs> All right, John, uh, let's get to it. Oh, real quick, we'll tell you about DraftKings later. Get in our DraftKings game. It's linked in. If you're listening to the podcast, it's linked in the bio. If you're watching the YouTube, linked in the bio. We're, we got 200 spots in this week's DraftKings game, so we'll tell you more about that later. Uh, as we record this on Tuesday afternoon, we await the status of Trey Lance, who did actually have the little splint on, hand on the shoulder of Debo Samuel, didn't throw in the period that media was able to watch on Monday. I, you know, I saw, I saw a good point. You're, you're saying he had the splint in on Debo's picture with the sweet coat? Yeah. I went back and looked. I, gotcha. So there was that. And then, more importantly, he didn't throw in practice um, on Monday. Could he still be available for the game? Absolutely he could. But I, I got to give credit to David Lombardi, who I, who I saw tweet, you're not paying Jimmy Garoppolo $24 million 
to then rush Trey Lance back before you're really ready to put him on the football field. I thought that was a good way of looking at it, even though I'd love to see Trey Lance on the football field. Jimmy, we pivoted quick from a conversation I think you, me, Mayoko had on the sideline probably week one of training camp when Trey Lance looked spectacular to be like, is Jimmy's money in some trouble to Jimmy's just in cruise control right now. And it, he was going to probably get the $25 million whether Trey hurt his hand or not. To me, that forced the issue. I know a big story on Monday was after their practice, uh, they released a statement. The 49ers did that. Maybe it was a text message to all the media people that said, the starting quarterback in the National Football League has to talk twice a week. He has to talk on Mondays, and he has to talk after the game. It's just part of the built-in media schedule for the league, which is smart. You want your star players mandated to talk. There's no, They do not allow Kevin Durant hiding. That's not the business of the league. And it's just the quarterback just do it. So when they tell you that Jimmy Garoppolo was talking on Wednesday, a big thing I saw on my Twitter timeline from people that just like, well, that means Jimmy Garoppolo is starting. Right, it kind of solidifies that that's who talks. Like I would imagine, Andy Dalton for the Bears, right, talks tomorrow. Yeah, you know, it's just part of the you know Tom Brady. You go around the league, you can name thirty-two of them, right? Mac Jones will talk tomorrow. I honestly, it doesn't feel like I've seen any Mac Jones clips of him talking. I'm, I'm actually probably most interested. I kind of want to see him talk tomorrow. Just see I haven't seen. I did see there was a quote. Somebody asked him if he was surprised that he won the starting job, and he said no. I well, believe I mean, that was. A, Teaching Cam the playbook. So I, I to me, the biggest question mark is now that we know Jimmy Garoppolo is the starting quarterback. And I'd say it felt like we knew that once Trey had the splint on his hand. Now the number one question is like, is Trey Lance going to dress on Sunday? Because I would say that's in question right now. Yeah, I'll be fascinated to see tomorrow. Is he limited in practice? Because if he can't throw tomorrow, I would say more than likely he's not going to play in the game. And then they're going to have to cut someone come Saturday and move what's his name up Nate Sudfeld, Sudfeld. yeah I mean if he can't throw you can't have him as your backup Jimmy Garoppolo's been no. hurt before now the question is does Kyle Shanahan have any desire even if Trey can't throw to pretend that he can and and give him a few plays running the football I would say that that to me is borderline stupidity at this like that's kind of crazy I agree you're a guy in and a th- splint you're running around and getting hit by the first time an NFL player can play the week one when it's pro- the violence is really high, right? Also, are you, he, you I don't even fumble. care if you forget about his I mean, health, I, which is the primary concern here because long term you're really invested. But just on the most basic level, he might fumble. Even before I, I to me that I just view it like the I couldn't. I'd have to look. I haven't even looked at the Lions depth chart. They're just that irrelevant. I don't care who they're rolling out. Those guys would be coming for his hand, right? right? Dan Campbell, you think it's not a big? You think Dan Campbell's a big uh, hit the kill the head in the body will die guy? Uh, I could say that he would probably lead some of those type conversations <laughs> in some team meetings. <laughs> Maybe not with this squad. It's if you're going to do like, in fairness to Greg Williams, he was giving that speech going into a playoff game, right? Right. That, I think that was the wild card game. Like that was. I, I understand it. I think it's harder when you're viewed as like a three. You're over under is four and a half. Yeah. Not yeah. In a seventeen Dan game Campbell season. No, I, I think you're right. I. I think the odds at this point are good that we don't see him, right? How often can a quarterback not – if he's your starting quarterback and you're gutting through it, right? If, if Trey Lance were the starting quarterback of this team, then I think there's a chance – that I, he might still play because it might be, well, can he throw? Yeah, he can throw. There's some pain tolerance, but he's not going to make the finger any worse. By you're playing. saying if Jimmy Garoppolo didn't, wasn't on the squad, 
Like they didn't have like a yeah. start, you know. Yeah, I'm like saying if this was next year, I'm saying just make it QB one, a guy who's clearly QB one. I don't know what the odds that that guy plays this game is, but I'm I think there's a more uh, it, there's a greater likelihood that he would play if he were just the starting quarterback and it was Trey Lance number one, Nate Sudfeld your backup. I, Again, I don't, don't know enough about his, like, if he can't fair. grip the ball guy, he can't grip the ball, right? I mean, if he has, if there's pain on snaps, you're right. Maybe if it was like a pinch, a wild card game, and he could only take the ball out of, but I, I think this would be something if it was just throwing hand, it's just throwing finger, right? right? I mean, that's yeah. a pretty big deal. It is. I, I just, what I'm saying is if, if it's just a pain tolerance issue, which is a major fact, pain, like, that's a thing. I think it's fair. I think it's fair to say at this point in time, they probably avoided disaster. Like he could have shattered the finger. Like clearly, it's ba- it's good enough where he can still be a practice. To me, he could have a full on. Like it could be bad. Well, you don't right? like remember my Drew idea Brees make... a couple years ago? How long? How many? How much time did he miss? Six games or something? Yeah. Five games? Remember, stayed in L.A. and like rehabbed his thumb, and then Teddy played all those games, and then he came back. It was a question. Like, w- remember the question was with Drew, like, would it end the season? And he was like, and even dead when he set came back, it was back. not. Uh, it was not close to 100%, right? Yeah. So I would... Yeah, this is not... You know, as we talk about it, I don't expect to see Trey Lance at this point. This I, I don't either. I, I, I think they really should be pretty glad that he didn't really break his finger. Like where it, where it would require, you know, a month in a cast or something. Because you see that a lot when guys shatter a finger. Sometimes you guys got to put a cast. Maybe that's two or three weeks. Not Maybe not four or five, but still. Like he's got a splint on and he's able to go to practice. Right, a lot of times that guy disappears for a while because <laughs> he can't do anything unless yeah. you're a defensive lineman. There's nothing like the defensive lineman when he has like a club. <laughs> There's there, until he's back throwing. I, I just can't assume he's back against the Eagles either. Right, we're talking about every you know the experts say it should be a week. It, fast healers, blah blah blah. I, you know, yeah. I don't know. I don't until he's throwing consistently. And, like, the first day he throws is not necessarily the telltale because he's got to throw that day and feel okay throwing and be accurate throwing. Because you're right. It's not just about people going out of his hand. I don't want him running out there hurt, throws a pick because he can't be accurate, and now we're in a bad situation too, right? He's got to be – Oh, yeah. How about that? You throw an interception and now people are coming after you. To me, if you're putting the guy in pads, like if he's dressing as your backup – I said this last year about Tua when they're like, you know, he's not quite ready yet. Well, he's your backup, so he's, I mean, you're one rolled, rolled ankle away from him being in, so he has to be prepared to do everything, and he was your backup the whole time. If you're going to dress him on game day, you have to be prepared. After one snap, Jimmy gets KO'd. Can you run 55 plays with this guy? Right. Can you run an entire game? That, to me, is the only way you ever dress a guy unless it's a, you know, a wild card, like, you know, a one-and-done situation. But week one... Well, I, it, here's, you know, let's talk about it in the reality of your situation, which is this. If Jimmy Garoppolo gets hurt, who gives you a better chance to win? Trey Lance with his finger or Nate Sudfeld? Well, if Trey Lance can't throw, it's Nate Sudfeld. He can throw. Right. I mean, that to me, it's a simple. That's the way you – that's how you end up forcing a guy into a lineup because you go, I don't think I can win with the backup. And that's – or the third stringer. And that's where you're lucky that you're playing the Detroit Lions this week. Yeah. I would say Mullins, but he's on the Browns 53. Oh, yeah. I mean, Sudfeld right now is not on the 53-man roster. So they would have to cut someone. 
you know, there's there's always the guy that you're on their team, but you are the 53rd man. And if you better pray that Trey's finger's okay, because you will get released and you will not get a game check. And Sudfeld will. So if I'm Sudfeld, there's a big difference between $9,500 a week and whatever the full game check is. I mean, it might be like 95 or 60, right? I mean, it's probably 5X. If I'm Sudfeld, like, this might be my chance to get that $60,000 check. <laughs> it's a pretty big check for a week. If you're Sudfeld, you it's, you know, knowing Jimmy Garoppolo's history, too, and knowing the way the Niners intend to use Trey Lance, you're in a pretty good spot. But, uh, yeah, I expect to see Nate Sudfeld on the sideline with a helmet on this week, now that we talk about you know, it. Do you know Underrated has, like, the best job in the NFL right now? Player? Is Foles. Foles. Yeah, player. Foles is the third string quarterback. He makes like $10 million and he is never going to play a snap. But he doesn't want to be the third string quarterback. He wants to play. Yeah, but he's playing for nobody and he's getting all this money and he doesn't ever, he is, he is three, like there has to be multiple injuries for him ever to get on the field. Now I, I I'm with you. I understand he wants to play, but I'm just saying like, he doesn't have to do anything. I know, but he wants to play, <laughs> but he would not play for anybody. I understand, but I don't know if I don't think based on that press conference I watched, I don't think he views it as the best job in the NFL. Yeah, he does. I, I'm saying I view it I, we would as all a take nine it, yeah. million dollar nine million dollar job or eight or whatever much right. he's making, which is in the millions, where he doesn't have to do dick. Right. But there's a lot of jobs you would take for nine million dollars that you have to do dick, and you still would you would be like, oh, it's worth doing. True, but if I'm a quarterback <laughs> and I know for a fact I never even have to put pads on on Sunday, so I'm never in fu- the firing line. That. And all I got to do is make some passes to the scout team. <laughs> yeah. Is that, how, how do, is, that, is that, if you're not active on game day, they t- or at least they tell you you're yeah, not Yeah, no, no golf clubs on the plane. But what's That's the home game? Sunday morning round of golf? Yeah, if, I mean, if you live at the country club, they would never know. Especially, you know, if it's a night game. But then, but what if they call you and like, hey man, you know, uh, Andy Dalton just broke his foot in a sauna. You're active today. Get here. Then, like, yeah, on my uh, way, coach. <laughs> was just on my way. No, was just leaving. I, I was just I on quit. my way. <laughs> I retire. Yeah. When Foles be like, well, actually, since you guys are in a pinch, how about we re- rework that contract? Huh? <laughs> Sign a little extension. So Mike Sando wrote a piece. Uh, we did a video the other day. We were on, we actually were doing the show and Josh Norman got signed. Sando uh, in the athletic, who does a lot of these uh, discussion, where a lot of these articles where he talks to um, anonymous NFL sources. He did one where he did the primary concern for every team. The biggest worry for the Niners, he wrote, was a cornerback position that was a liability with Richard Sherman on the team remains a liability without him. Uh, Anonymous NFL source, obviously quarterback is a concern what happens there, but they need a defensive presence on the back end. Their pass rush is so good. If they're not able to stay healthy on the defensive line, that secondary is going to get exposed. Their corner situation sucked last year. Teams really focused on them. Are they better? Maybe they make a move for Stephon Gilmore at some point. I think they need someone. Now, I will say, because we've talked about cornerback quite a bit, it's been my primary concern for the 49ers for several months. You've said a few times, hey, if your pass rush is good, you can survive. So I was like, well, how many teams don't have, you know, a solidified corner position? And the number's probably bigger than seven. But six other teams, in addition to the 49ers, were, it was their primary concern, according to Sando's article, was cornerback. And two of those teams are the Cardinals and the Rams. So... Think about Seahawks. this. Uh, sorry, Seahawks, not the Rams. If you're the Rams, if you're Stafford, and if you're McVay, you've got the other three teams in your division, their weakest links is their cornerbacks. Pretty good position to be in. But if you're the Niners, you go, okay, we're, we're not the only ones in this boat in our division. 
But the Niners made the Super Bowl. Now, Richard was really good that year. He was an all-pro, but they didn't really throw at him. They just threw relentlessly at the other guy, right? I mean, they just threw relentlessly at whoever was the other guy. And it was, a, a, it was rotating. Sometimes in the Super Bowl, it was changing. Yeah, so I, 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 my philosophical belief with this is like there, most teams don't. Like there's no team right now that's like, you know, we're just rolling out Jalen Ramsey and Darrell Revis. It doesn't exist. Like, are the Rams DBs that really good? I don't know. Like, I mean, they lost a safety uh, to the Browns. Like, to me, their defensive back, like, with Jalen Ramsey, they're awesome. But, like, are they just locking everyone down? Seattle hasn't been good in the secondary for forever. And they got two good safeties. Think about that. They got Diggs and they got Jamal Adams. And it's like, their DBs suck. That's how people view it. Because they don't cover. So the Cardinals, I actually kind of like the kid from Washington, Murphy. He made a. I remember watching him last year make some plays. Yeah, he's solid. But like, is he that great? I don't know. You know, I don't think people view him as like a number one corner. But I don't think most teams have a true number one corner. Best maybe Murphy's like a good number two. Like, if your pass rush is good and really your front seven is good, which the Niners is, I don't think it matters. You know, because it didn't really win. They made the Super Bowl. Because yeah, one they, point, one rush, point of difference for the Niners, though. Spots. They, their pass rush was elite. Elite, yeah. I don't See, I don't view their... Them viewing this defensive line, I've read this a couple places, like, it can be really good. Like, it can. <laughs> can Bosa play 70 games? It's like, can Law become a legit player? D Ford's on a pitch count. Well, when he comes in, does he look like fucking Trevor Hoffman? Or does he, uh, yeah, does he get shelled? Deliver? <laughs> yeah, does Armstead make plays? Do all these other guys that everyone's like, oh, these guys are all sweet. Like, do they actually make a bunch of, like DJ Jones chasing people? We'll see. But I, I do think they looked really good in 19 because they came in as the second unit. And it's like, it's on like Donkey Kong, right? It's easy to be the second unit when it's like your first unit's Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, and Clay Thompson. You're like, I just get to kind of mess around and cook. It's another thing where it's like, you kind of got to be a Well, your offense too. is scoring 40 points, running the ball. Teams are just desperate. There's not much clock left, and they're down three scores. Yeah, I, I, I do think their team, their defense, one point of difference for them last year, too, and I think on this team, if your corners can't really cover, and, you know, they're pretty hit or miss, and, you know, Josh Norman is not some lockdown cover guy, if all of them, and I include the safeties in this, are willing to tackle and hit, your team looks a lot better. And that is a point of difference they've had the last two years with their with their DBs. And losing Richard is a big deal because Richard's the best tackling probably corner of all time. But obviously Jimmy Ward will destroy you. Kwan Williams loves to tackle. Mosley, excellent tackler. Uh, Tart, when if he plays, Hufanga, like those guys are all hitters. So to me, you can make up for it as like they were just fantastic tacklers because they're gonna some guys are gonna get open, but they all tackle. Verrett will tackle. Uh, Norman will tackle, even though I, when I think of Josh Norman, the thing that went viral the last couple of years when he tried to tackle the big guy, you know, on that, on that Henry's used to it on that drill. Yeah, you know, yeah. he just, <laughs> so it, like, at least if you have a bunch of guys that won't tackle and won't cover, then you're just going to be a terrible, like I never feel their DBs are that bad because they will like every other play hit someone really hard. That does help. Yeah, I mean, you're trying to limit yak, right? There's a you, your offense loves yak for a reason. It's very valuable. So limiting yak is also very valuable. But you know, tackling is also a phys, it's a it's a physical event. And the Niners have a history of defensive backs that don't stay healthy, right? Well, I, I do like that would be, be inter- if I were if I was given the anonymous quote, <laughs> that would be my anonymous quote. It wouldn't be anonymous. Yeah. I'll say it here, right? It's we all know it. Like the number one concern is their health. Are they deep enough if they're not healthy? 
Are we going to learn that much about their defensive backfield the first couple weeks? I mean, obviously, there's probably not one human alive that will play anyone Lions fantasy at corner. Or, I mean, at wide receiver. The Eagles do have two names, right? I mean, Rager was a first-round pick, and Devontae Smith was the Heisman Trophy winner. But, like, who knows? Like, I don't know. They might be sweet. They might not. It might take them a little while. Jalen, I think the next couple weeks after that, it'll get going. Maybe you'll learn a little bit with the Eagles. I just don't know week one if you're going to learn that much about their defensive backfield. If they are getting beat by Goff in the Rams, or I mean, not the Rams, the Lions, if it's a problem week one, they got problems. Well, I'll right? tell you, yeah, they're off. Yeah, well, absolutely. Week one for sure. Week two, their offensive line is probably more of a concern than their secondary against the Eagles, right? Can they protect? Yeah, who, well, who's blocking? What guard is blocking Fletcher Cox on that team? Can McGlinchey hang with like Brandon Graham and some of the defensive ends they're going to throw at them? And I feel good about Trent. And, and an injury. Can Trent Williams block them all? Because he could, but I mean, well, but if he, he can only play hurt, one position, I mean, that would be. I saw somebody ask Barrows in a mailbag, like, who's the number one player they couldn't? If you had to pick injury, they couldn't get hurt. But is it Bosa? And he's like, well, Bosa. It's it's Trent Williams. Based on just the level of replacement, it's non-existent. It'd be a rookie. Well, they lost Bosa last year, and they had a playoff level defense, right? Trent Williams goes out there, they'd be in trouble. Would you agree that's the number one? Well, if, if like week one, if you told me that Jimmy got banged up and Trey's in street clothes, like I would not feel good. If you said that Sudfeld has to play three quarters, are the Niners a lock? I'd be like, ah. Right. It could get weird fast. But yeah, big picture. To me, it's just, you just gave him $65 million. He's probably pound for pound the best player on your team literally he's the most pounds i think because he's the biggest guy but i mean he's just he's i don't know jason Fred. if you go pound for pound it just means you know per pound yeah, how so good you, are yeah, you i mean hell maybe deep maybe debo you know Ayuk. trent is just i i think when you factor in the money you just gave him like once you give a guy a lot of money in my opinion i don't even think this is in my this is everyone's opinion you are just you're all in on that guy so w- whenever you see some of these guys that miss a bunch of time I think that's why Carl Lawson's like such a kick in the dick for the Jets. It's like they just gave him a bunch of cash. Right. When you give a guy a lot of money, you're not you don't just think the guy's good, but like the way the business of the sport is set up, right? You're just all in on this guy being a sweet player financially. I mean, it's time to go. No different than when I trade multiple picks for these guys. Like I, I need this guy to be really good. Like I, I was talking to a buddy. I was asking about Laramie Tunzel. I'm like, is he, was he, how is he? You know, I'm like, I can't pretend I've watched most Texans games. Like, what you know, did Casario he's, say? He's, he's good. I <laughs> know. You've ever seen Casario talk? He's got like probably two friends in the, in the media. He is not, he's a, got the skinny face. He's just, guy just boring. But he's like, he's a good player. But is he, you know, he's not Trent Williams. He's not, you know, what Tyron, he's not elite. You know, at least Jalen Ramsey and Khalil Mack, like when those teams first got him, are like the best at their position. That's not Laramie Tunzel. So they got him a little out of desperation. Because I would look at it like, well, could you trade him? Because he's under contract. Yeah, you might get like a first. So you pay, you know, if you just, let's say two firsts and a, a second or the equivalent of $10 million. Obviously, there might be more than that. It. But could you, would you just trade him for just a one and just take your loss at like $4 million? It makes right? it easy because it's not your loss if you're Casario, right? Yeah, you just need the picks. You so need a one. Get a really good, What's more need, valuable but, to you, a one or him? Or him. Now, the problem is who's giving you a one You do need a left tackle. It might be somebody really good. 
Yeah, do yeah. you to protect who? I mean, you do. You You're just right. you, do. you just need a left. I, I think if we could rewind time before Harbaugh, let's say we were doing this in 2010, we'd be like, God, they got a bunch of assets. Like, think you could flip Vernon, you could flip Joe Staley. It's like, well, you just need some good players. You know? Yeah. You don't. You can utilize if you do have good players. Remember when Pete got the job in Seattle and. They cut, I think they set a record in like a 12-month span. Like cutting, adding, like he just treated it like the meat market. Like kind of like baseball guys do. But he didn't have anybody. And then eventually he just acquired guys. Then he had kind of his core group. I do think if you inherit good guys, I tend to want to keep them. Yeah, if, especially if they're I, under contract. I, if your team's going to be bad, though, they've got to be leaders. right? They've got to be Joe Staley types. Yeah, if he's not, then you Otherwise, I, then you, you just... You're willing to downgrade talent, like you just. But those guys don't, you know. Again, not to relitigate this one, but what Harbaugh walked into was pretty incredible. When you look back, yeah. at how bad they'd been. That roster, I know you know. I mean, everyone knows. It. I just, to me, it's fascinating always to look at, like what that team was and how shocking it was to the league that they were as good as they were. But as it turned out, you looked at that roster. I mean, it was absolutely stacked. Well, what if I told a, a team inheriting guys in their prime? Joe Staley, Frank Gore, Vernon Davis, Patrick Willis, Young Crabtree. <laughs> I mean, they just had. I mean, they had five or six pieces just to jump, right? Just to start. <laughs> I mean, that's, that was just to start. They had those guys. Wait, an elite middle linebacker, an elite left tackle, a, a high end running back, an elite talent at tight end, a young top ten wide receiver. <laughs> you know, I was like, um, yeah, I'll be Alex Smith. Now, when I say Alex now, it, it resonates a lot different than when he inherited it, right? Yeah. But still, that's a lot better than, like, ask Robert Sala what it was like showing up day one when he, when he was around the guys. What they look like. I, you know, like, holy shit, we need some help. I wonder if Alex, you know, when he was doing the thing where he wasn't actually their quarterback, but he, had, he was running their offensive drills out at San Jose State, where, by the way, Trey Lance and Jerry Rice filmed the Chipotle commercial. It's like the go-to. It's just easy. Did you it's see that? open. Yeah, well, it's like, where else are you going to go? But you know, usually Levi's when you probably... do that, they like kind of hide where you are. Like, this one's like, nope, San Jose State. I'm like, That's pretty cool. Like, good for I San know, Jose State. Yeah. And Trey Lance got the Chipotle commercial. Good for Chipotle surviving, making the comeback. But uh, Surviving? It feels like they're thriving. Yeah, thriving. I mean, they really <laughs> they, they really overcome. I remember you and I went to a Chipotle, like, in the heat of it all. <laughs> it was like, we went, we walked to the Chipotle in... Uh, uh, downtown San Francisco, and there was a sign on the door like "We're closed two days for training" because they were like, you know, trying to get it, trying to get everything back on track after they'd had a few issues. But um, I wonder if you had asked Alex, did did he was did he feel like he had a roster that was about to be really good that year when he was just leading team workouts, right? Like, did he know? I feel they thought they were good. If I remember correctly, like when they hired Singletary, they thought they had a good team. You know, that's part of like, no, they thought they had drafted all these good players with, uh, what's his name, McLuhan, remember? Yeah. And, and they were right. They did. And then in fairness, this guy takes a lot of heat. Balky did, Harbaugh's first year, have an incredible draft. He went Upati, Davis, Bowman, Kaepernick. Or it might have been Alden. I don't know. He had like, oh, Alden, Kaepernick, maybe the next year. Maybe that Anthony was the first Davis? year. I don't know. He had Davis... He had Davis, Upati, and Bowman, I think, in the draft. Chris Culliver? When Harbaugh was hired. And Culliver. Was that, is that uh, what you're looking at? I'll pull, pull it up right now. So the 11... What was Harbaugh's first year? It would have been 11. Yeah, it was Harbaugh's yeah, first year. Yeah, it was year. Alden, Colin, Culliver, Culliver, 
Daniel Kilgore, Bruce Miller. Oh, so excuse me. So Harbaugh inherited Upati, yes. Davis, and Bowman. Ten was Davis, Upati, Bowman. Also so you had you, you inherited a team that had Staley, Upati, Davis, Bowman, Willis, Vernon Davis, Crabtree, Frank Gore. Did you say Staley? Joe Staley as well. You, you said Willis. I mean, what are we the, talking the about? The secondary, Deshaun Golden, <laughs> Goldson. Sorry. Yeah, Dante. I think they signed Dante Whitner maybe in eleven because I remember we watched him in Philly. He was sweet. I mean, he was just knocking people out. And the next year was like, nobody can stop us. We got the magic touch, baby. AJ Jenkins. <laughs> you get cocky fast. Well, you win some, you lose some. But um, yeah, I, I so I go health. I go overall health. If I had to pick something else, I'd say offensive line, even though corners is at the top of my list. Were you, um, would you put anything else above corners concerns for the Niners? No. I mean, quarterback play. I, I do think I would put that above corner. Quarterback play. Like, they are depending on Jimmy being good, which he was not last year, and a quarterback who's played one game in like 600 days. And let's face it, from the little we saw in in, uh, in the games in the preseason, which are hard to decipher what matters, what doesn't, pretty big project and a work in progress. Uh, which yes. is normal. Like You're right. But... I think there's a chance Trey Lance looks better in real games than he did in preseason games. When Kyle is willing to really do everything with him that he's willing to do with him. I would, there would be stretches, but four quarters against all these different defensive looks, once they find a weakness, once they can take something away, it would just be an unknown. Trey Lance is an unknown. Just like Trevor Lawrence, Mac Jones, like everyone's blowing Mac Jones. I would not be stunned at all if Mac Jones like a couple picks week one. Yeah, like, it's hard. Yeah, it's but it very difficult. It doesn't. He might also do good things. Yeah, he but then he might week two throw pick. Like, it's it's just difficult. Well, he's going week to. in week out in the NFL. Most guys. Do. I mean, everyone does, right? That's the Unless thing. he has the greatest season ever, and then Kyle quits because <laughs> he's so mad they forced him. <laughs> would that be an all time? I told you so. Meeting Shanahan, Adam Peters, John yeah. Lynch. Uh, if Mac Jones wins Rookie of the Year and just is like incredible, yeah. I mean, I. I wouldn't blame Kyle for feeling mad, especially if his guy struggles a little There'd be bit. leaks like, you know, Kyle Shanahan was really adamant. He loved Trey Lance. You'd get like, if you were the Niners guys who talked him into, into Trey Lance over Mac Jones, you'd have to push it. Yeah. Like rumors were that Belichick too, if Trey slipped at all, was willing to trade it all to get up him. He, they had him above Mac Jones on the board. I mean, it'd be an all-time feel like coach just found tantrum. money. Yeah, it'd be, he'd be mad. <laughs> He'd be really mad. Maybe he started doubting himself. Like, oh, maybe Kirk Cousins isn't the answer. You know, maybe these guys. I are wouldn't. Bl- I w- would you blame him for doubting himself? Everywhere you turned, everywhere you turned, beside your own buddy, Chris, everywhere, calling him a nut job. You would have to be incredibly. I, I know he's cocky and rich. You, the level of secure you'd have to be in your own head. Chip Kelly security is what I call that, John. But even him, he, he started getting his ass kicked forever. But he was so he didn't. But I'm just saying. He's just, and here we are, four years into UCLA, and he just kept doing what he was doing. And and, it, and Saturday it worked. <laughs> yeah. Like I I give I don't know. Did I say this to you today? I give Chip a lot of credit for that. Like people want his DC fire. People want a lot. I do the whole the country the all of the sport has caught up with you. And he just stuck to it. Stuck to it. Stuck to it. Now yeah, he's got a good football team. Credit. We'll see if he beats the dogs in two weeks. 
Yep, off a bye. I see you wearing your sissy blue shirt. I did you buy a sissy blue shirt, John. <laughs> I wear my sissy blue shirt. Where's Eddie O going to be next year? Uh, Co- probably D-line, D-line for, coach uh, for Sean Payton. I was going to say coaching D-line for Joe Brady at the Texans. <laughs> yeah. Think of that one. <laughs> That's not a bad one. <laughs> uh, this podcast brought to you in part by our friends at DraftKings. DraftKings, promo code HAM. Uh, right now, when you sign up with the code HAM, what you do is you go to DraftKings. You When you sign up is when you put the code HAM in. So if you've already gotten signed up on DraftKings, too late for code HAM, but not too late to get in the Haberman and Middlecoff game, get in our league, and then get in the uh, then get in the game. If you're having trouble finding yeah. it, it's in the description on the YouTube and the podcast. I, I can't recommend it enough. I, I get, so I'm sure you do too, DMs about joining people's leagues. I'm like, guys, I am a DFS player. I change my lineup weekly. And that's what's great about DraftKings, right? Every week, you just pick your lineup under the salary cap. So you never get stuck on players. You get to go in our game. There's a ton of other games. Like, you're just like, oh, I'll just enter a $5 game. Maybe you're a high roller. Maybe you want to enter a $100 game. You can play games against your buddies. Like, each of you play, you know, a game for 20 bucks. Winner take all. Actually, DraftKings takes a little big, but as they should. They, they, uh, <laughs> they coordinate the whole thing. Yep. Download the DraftKings the app party. now. Use the code HAM this week, week one, guy. Once you get in our game, if you get in our 200-person game, do you add them to our league? Are they in our league that way? No. They- when, you, uh, when you get in the game, you're not automatically in the league. You've got to join the league. Now, because the game is in the league, it's pretty easy to find the league. So just join the gotcha. league. Yep. So if you have any trouble, easy. just DM one of us and we can get you set up. Free shot at $1 million top prize this week. Millions of prizes all year long. Enter the code HAM. Free shot at $1 million top prize. Obviously, also getting in our game. Download the code ham or promo code ham when you download the app. Five dollar deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. If you're gonna be doing any traveling on the weekend, find out before you travel is the place you're traveling to let you set a lineup on a Sunday morning. I have been my, stuck on a plane in the state of Washington before in a desperate situation, John. My brother, who plays more golf than any farmer in the history of farmers was in Oregon last week, Bend, Oregon, playing in this like four-day golf tournament. It must be nice. And he tried to join our tour championship, and he sent me the screenshot. Oregon didn't allow him to even just get in the DFS game. So you're, I think it's Oregon and Washington. Okay, I got to remember that. Know? Next week, week two, I'll be in Eugene on Saturday. I got to, you know, get that thing settled. You got the, you got a Ducks game next Saturday? Yeah. Who are they playing? Hmm? <laughs> What's the game? Uh, Oregon Stony Brook. <laughs> That's... <laughs> Ducks will be having just beat Ohio State. They'll be 2-0, John. They'll be like the number eight team in the nation. And your boy's going to be there. Yeah. They have the number one player in the country. Kayvon? Yeah, let's, let's roll, baby. God, he looked so good in that game the other day. Noah Sewell. Noah Sewell. Justin Flo. That's some sweet <laughs> players. I got to study Sewell a little more. Like, is he like a Fred Warner type in space? Because in the run game, he is just He's like 250 force. pounds. Yeah, he is a force. Sewell jeans. Pretty good. Yep. Uh, John podcast also brought to you by our friends at sleep number sleep number.com slash ham sleep number.com slash ham sleep number.com slash ham. What is your sleep number there? Softy 30. I like it nice and soft, like a pillow top. And, uh, Hey, what's yours? I'm a 60. Hardy. I'm a 60. I like it. Not quite hard as the, the, the floor, but, um, I like a little firm. Yeah. Yep, I like some firm. So here's the thing, guy. They had the biggest sale of the year this week. Sleepnumber.com slash ham. We are we have had sleep number beds 
for years and we get great night's sleep. That's why when you listen to us, you hear all this energy. You're like, where do they get this from? It's like, it, it's not, I have some coffee, guys, some coffee, no, nothing else. It's just good night's sleep. And you get a good night's sleep, you have energy and you have the focus to just lock in and dominate. Yeah. Uh, sleepnumber.com slash ham. You said it. Biggest sale of the year going on right now, this week. Biggest sale of the year. Uh, save 50% on beds like the new Sleep Number 360 Limited Edition Smart Bed. 0% interest for 48 months. Right now only. Uh, just $899. The new Queen Sleep Sleep Number. Or sorry, the new Queen Sleep Number 360 C2 Smart Bed. You can save 200 bucks there. Sleepnumber.com slash ham. Go to a Sleep Number store. You can always appreciate if you go to sleepnumber.com slash ham. First, Check everything out, sleepnumber.com slash him. I, I, I told you this. I don't think I mentioned on the last podcast because we were just talking about so much other shit. If I did, correct me. But I told you this before we jumped on on Sunday. I was driving home on the freeway, and I look over. It's, it's still the craziest thing I've ever seen on the road. Dude was in a Tesla on the freeway asleep. His head was against the window, passed out. And, I mean, the car... I was probably going 75. His car maybe going like, it wasn't like hauling. It was 55 or 60. Yeah. Cruising, you know, in the, in the slow lane, but it's, cruising. it's the most insane thing I've ever seen. And you kind of told me like, man, you know, it's easy to get comfortable in things. And you start thinking about it. Like if you, if you had a Tesla for a couple of years, like, like it's driving itself. Right. His head was against the window guy. Knocked out. That's incredible. That's I dream of that. I, did you do that though? I well see I right now no it sounds crazy, but if you'd given me you know, eight hundred drives in a car and I just used it sat there awake and it was perfect every time, it's pretty you know when you're tired, the sleep is pretty attractive, yeah, big time. I it's it's very attractive. So you know making decisions tired you don't necessarily you're just a little skewed. You're like ah oh, man let me, maybe that guy was just like you know. 15 minutes. I, I'm the, I know this stretch of road is all straight. I've been using this car forever. It's performed wonderfully every time. Elon I, I seems had a like guy. a pretty straight-laced guy. <laughs> no, no way there'd be any flaw in the software. I had an Uber pick me up within the last three weeks. Tesla. Coolest Uber by far. Most Ubers are terrible. Like a little like uh, you know Prius-type cars. This Tesla pulls up. It's crazy. Like, you got to press the handle. There's not even a handle. It automatically opens. It's weird. But then I start picking the guy's brain immediately. And I'm like, I got to see this thing in action. Now, yeah. again, we're just Walnut Creek streets downtown. So it wasn't the fast we were going 25. I'm like, could you show me? Takes his hands off, presses the button, the screen, like the size of, it's even bigger than the big iPad. And it shows you, it shows where all the other cars are. It's like a satellite. It, it was pretty incredible. He's like, watch. He just, we just drove down the street. Hands off. That's awesome. It's doesn't suck. And his model, I'm like, how much is this thing? It was like thirty eight grand. Obviously, there are higher models, but the car is because the SUV. When I asked the guy, I think I mentioned this probably like six eight a year ago. When I asked the dude in the parking lot at the gym, you know, the SUVs they're I mean a little bigger, but they're not that big. I thought they were like fifty sixty grand, and then I like offended the guy. He's like a hundred grand. Say like, how much you pay for that? Like sixty. He's like, no, man, a hundred. <laughs> oh, that conversation in the parking lot. No, man, a hundred. By the way, you mentioned Noah Sewell, gold blooded, says Panay Sewell about to have a rough time on Sunday. I feel for him, man. They moved to right tackle. Uh, Jeff Schwartz says that's hard. So, 
Yeah, I read something yesterday. He looked really, really bad from what I read. I just saw like cut-ups of you know some of the games. Did not go not. well. There could be something to not playing for a year, just the fluidity of football. I don't know. But he doesn't. I, I, they seem to think everyone seems to think it's you know all the O line experts on the internet, um, like a uh, uh, who's the guy from Duke the Mayweather? <laughs> no. Well, yeah, there's Duke and there's Jeff and there's a couple other people, but Joe Banner. Joe Banner had some takes on it, John. Uh, but um, guy Joe think- Banner was a haberdasher turned cap guy. Let's face it. I used to have to take film down to his office and circle the guy. Let's, no one needs his fucking film take on offensive line. I said to Schwartz, like, what? I sent him Joe Banner's text. I'm like, who tweet? Like, what? no, I'm not. I don't need your like. Since when are you studying footwork? But whatever. No. Uh, the point is, it does seem like most people think the left to right move is the issue. Yeah, I'm surprised it looks so bad too. I I I thought he was great in college, but. Did not play last year. Not an idea. So so now you got back to back guys. Yeah. Plus, uh, Campbell. Just an easy lineman, an easy target, right? Like what do good coaches do? They find a weak link and they just hammer it, hammer it, hammer it, hammer it. And we know that golf does not play well against the 49ers. So, well, D Ford's pitch count that could be a long day for Sewell on the right side. You're right on track. Look at this comment. From XOR, let's all play, pray for D Ford's hamstring this week. Uh, all right, next up, John. Tanner Muse got cut. I don't know if you're aware of this. He was the Raiders' third round pick two years ago. Never played a snap for them. Um, Lynn Bowden Jr., remember him, uh, also never played a snap. He was the third round pick before them. This comes in the draft uh, around the time that uh, uh, Mike Mayock, who we both like, said that. Uh, what is he, he didn't say shooting fish in a barrel, but basically third round picks are like stealing, I he, think was his line. Yeah, he said stealing should be able to get starters in the third round. We had three we had three third round picks, correct? Maybe he just meant if we have three, we're gonna get one. Maybe that's what he meant. Well, yeah, and that's what they got. They got Brian Edwards, right? We think because now yeah, I mean he didn't play much last year either. We Lynn like Bowden him. was a lit yeah, we think. Like the, everyone's blowing him. We'll see when the games actually start if he can play. We'll see when Marlon Humphrey's over him. You know, the guy that they say sometimes is better than Jalen Ramsey. Like, if that guy's checking him. Uh I, I listen, I Mayock kinda I, I read in the MMQB. I, I just I've the vernacular out there that he's gonna be the fall guy, like was Florio what, what said are that, we t- tw- tweeted that? What are we talking about? Th- this is a guy. Let's say Mayock did have more juice than even I'm acknowledging. He would have gone from drafting considerably different than the way he talked. Because, like we have talked about, he didn't just talk about the top ten players. He was more passionate talking about mid round guys, and he was good at it. And now he's just picking all the wrong guys. M- maybe when you're on the firing line and you actually have to do it, it's much harder. But I- I- I'm putting this all on Gruden. And I think the Raiders, the uh, the dude that covers them for the athletic, not Tafer, but they have a guy like under him, wrote a wrote a article today. Is it uh, Reed, Tayshon? Yeah, Tayshon Reed, and it was good. Like Derek has established himself now as a top twelve quarterback, right? And in Sando's tier article, he used the quote like, "If he became available, there'd be ten teams lined up." Like his value is well established. The value of his position, I don't know if you've been paying attention, pretty well established too, right? Like, the, it's no longer like, can we get a guy for like 18 mil? Like Derek and and even Jimmy Garoppolo, like that 22, 23, 24 number got lapped years ago. 
The going rate for guys now, Dak Prescott, $40 million. So is Derek, now he's claimed, I wouldn't play for anyone else. It's like, does he really live by that if someone else wants him? I don't know. But like the, the Gruden, to me, it just all goes back to Gruden. So now it's like their team, and we talked about Mayock saying a couple weeks ago that we should be a playoff team. I, I just don't see how their defense is very good. And, and I know the one thing they mentioned, I think, in that Sando article was like, you know, people, is their offensive line going to be as good? Right, which was and a one, strength of theirs I, for several years. I watched Mayock's press conference uh, when he, you know, right a couple weeks ago, right before, and one thing he mentioned, he's like, you know, we took, he didn't say shit, but we took a lot of heat for trading, you know, the two guys, right? Rodney and Gabe Jackson. And he was kind of defending it. Like, guys, there's not, there's a salary cap here, and we had to finagle some stuff. And I'd go, Mike, I kind of agree with you, but it feels like you guys are always just kind of flying by the seat of your pants. And, I, and I'm not, I wouldn't necessarily blame you, Mike. I'd blame the head man who's just always doing weird shit. I don't know much about Tanner Muse besides I text two scouts. They both thought he sucked. Their beef with him was like, in what world were you taking that guy in the third round? He went unclaimed today. Well, that's what I was about to How say. Let's see where he ends up. Unclaimed. Now, he did have an injury last year. Played this year, But he's year, not though. injured now. I mean, he's, he's, he's an uninjured player. Right? How many third-rounders would go unclaimed a year later? Unclaimed? Yeah, I mean... Yeah. It just feels very Gruden, very hectic. Everything's just hectic. The part about it to me that might turn out to be crazy when it's all said and done, especially, like, okay... Let's say Besides Derek, Derek's their only non-hectic thing. I it feels feel like. like Derek would resign there. Yeah, but ha- they would. Would he sign like a four-year, hundred million-dollar deal and just play for like twenty-five million dollars? Uh, well, they're going to have to afford a quarterback, so they'll pay him. They'll, I mean, he'll get a raise. I just do you, can you see him on another team as a free agent? Could you see Gruden and Mayock? Let's say they go nine and eight this year, or eight and nine, you know, somewhere like that, and miss the playoffs. Given Derek thirty, and it, it, the crazy thing is, it's not really even his fault. But like giving him thirty-seven million dollars a year. Well, I think Mayock. I mean, Gruden to me would be the one more likely to just go. Now nah, I'm going to walk away and make a change. I'll find somebody else and I'll coach that guy up. But we all know it's a lot harder to find somebody else, right? Than you think. Like you're saying, Gruden would be cool with doing something drastic. Yes, I think Mike has to know it's really hard. And now, if if they win three games and they're drafting fifth. Well, yeah, then the Derek status changes. It's hard to win three games with a good quarterback. I'm just asking, right? can you see Derek on another team? I mean, the answer, I, I, I don't guess, think should he, be yes, but... I don't think he's saying that just to say it, to try to look cool. Like, I, I do think, believe him. Like, he is very... I think loyal, like his, he's very tied to his family. He was all in on Fresno State by the time he was, like, 10 and, like, committed to him very early. And I still, like, I follow him on Instagram because he blocked me on Twitter. Like, took a lot of pride in that Oregon game. Like, he was at home. All of his kids were in Bulldog. I, I just think he takes a lot of pride in things, right? Like, what he's a part of. And he takes a lot of pride. Like, the Raiders drafted him. I do think it's easy to say. I, I do think he believes that when he says it. I do think it's different when it's like, hey, Ron Rivera and the Washington football team, they have an excellent team. Like, he's on the phone. They want to trade a first-round pick for you, and they'll extend you. Can you talk to Ron Rivera? Right, right. Well, Ron Rive- and Jack Del Rio, like they want to bring you. I in. I would encourage him to ex- to to explore those things. I'm not, but I, you know, I also think to your like point, to it me, takes. What do you do? Like, hey, Ron Rivera, they're going to trade a first round pick. They're all in on you. Gruden doesn't want you anymore. Right. 
Again, it's one I would thing. It's like, hey, Joe, Joe Judge wants you. Like, you know, but like, what if a high level? What, Sean Payton's on the phone. He wants to trade his first round pick for you, which I don't think would New be Orleans. out of the realm of possibility next year. New Orleans. Sean Payton. Yeah, New Orleans. Yeah, but that, that's what I'm saying. So just pick some some names like that. Like that's who wants you. You know, uh, maybe Gruden starts thinking he can get Aaron Rodgers. I think the crazy part about this is, um, this is failing obviously, and. I don't think, but I, Derek, but Derek's not. No, no. You know, well, sorry. When I say this, I mean Gru, this Gruden thing is failing to this point. It's an F. And I actually think if Gruden had a GM, he'd have a shot. When I watch his team play offense, I go, I think he knows what he's doing. But that's not part of like he he likes being the boss. Well, I understand. Right? He's done it. I understand. <laughs> and that's his weakness. And so, how could this get better? Because if Mayock's gone. Then what do you do? Who become, Did Michael Lombardi become your GM? Who, who becomes your GM? Louis Riddick would want it, I'm sure. Yeah. And maybe Louis could draft. And maybe Louis could tell you what to do. But, but, but Mayock doesn't draft. Gruden drafts at the end of the day. Yeah. I, mean, Mayock, I mean, I'm not saying Mayock doesn't make any picks. Just like John but Lynch has. But the coaches have play. to sign off on it before. He can't. He can't. A guy he likes that they don't like, he can't draft. That's not allowed in that operation, right? There's no, like, so-and-so's GM. It's like, we're taking this guy. You guys learn to coach him. I promise you, like, he's my guy, but he's going to work. That happens. Yeah. It used to happen more. There's a lot of coaches in charge now, right? There are a ton of coaches in charge, yeah. So it just it gets to the point where this is a massive year for the Raiders. I just think just the their trajectory of the organization. Not to mention there's some nebulous investigation going on on the side, which we don't know exactly how much this affects anything, the future ownership of the team. Uh, unpa- unpaid debt, and I thought for a second, was that Charles Woodson's or was his rents due or something? Oh, it's, they're both good. Yeah, he maybe rents due was J.J. Watts. His was like unpaid debt. What was Dennis Allen's all-in? Yeah, we were terrible, two and fourteen. Remember, we went to a Raiders. Remember, uh, we we had a radio station, uh, Dennis Allen pep talk, and we, so we went and they had like the signs. I think it was all in or something like that. Wasn't that the sign? My phone went off. My phone went off. I tried to. Do, I it was tried your mom. To I remember that. End it. End it. And I hit answer speakerphone. My mom was like, John, John, Dennis Allen. You can make fun of him all you want, but the head coach of the NFL team staring at you. Yeah. My mom saying my name. I'm fucking hitting the phone. It's not turning off. I remember just sitting there, not even looking at you, just looking straight ahead. Like that was embarrassing. Like he's not the host of uh, Raiders Post Game Live. <laughs> that was not, not at the time. It wasn't me. Yet. Not yet, but eventually. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, you know, speaking of the uh, of the Raiders in the division, the AFC West. I was thinking about this because I heard Brian Baldinger, or I saw a video of Baldy. Talk just the bluest eye, but I mean, talk about sissy blue, but but not sissy. Baldy's eyes are, I mean, they are gorgeous. Uh, did you have you noticed? Have you ever have you ever met him in person? Uh, Baldinger, yeah. yeah, he's come to Eagles training camp he, a lot. He's a Philly guy, big presence. I mean, he's a big guy, but just yeah, he just he's just an alpha. Good, yeah, just <laughs> just, just, just just you just feel him, you know. <laughs> you just, I just say alpha. That's what he felt like. So alpha. so he was talking about the Chiefs. And he was talking about uh, their offensive line. You know, far be it. I'm not going through the whole leagues too deep on the O-line. 
But he started talking about their line. He's like, you know, you got Zeus, I think is what Orlando Brown's nickname is. You got Zeus, yeah. Zeus at left tackle. You got Thuney at left guard. You got Creed Humphrey at center. You got you got this rookie, Trey Smith at right guard, and Lucas Niang, who opted out last year. I'm like, at right tackle. I'm like, holy, what is going on with this Chiefs? Like, let's, let me do it. I, I know about Thuney and Orlando Brown, but what about the other three guys? So, right, Creed Humphrey's the second-round center, kind of like another Landon Dickerson, not her, but second-round center who had played in some huge games at Oklahoma. Trey Smith, the sixth-rounder, is a rookie. You, you, can, you got more intel on him. And then Niang was a third-rounder in 2020 out of TCU who opted out last year. So now he's making his debut at right tackle. And I just started thinking, like, the Chiefs had a weakness, and they still got to the Super Bowl. Now, their weakness became weaker as the season went on, and it really showed itself in the Super Bowl. They tried to sign Trent Williams, couldn't do it, pivoted. They've got this line with three rookies, and the other guy, Thune, has a five-year contract. So if this thing works, they've addressed their one weakness and have, like, locked up that weakness for four years. I would have, you know, we'll see. I would imagine they'll pay Orlando Brown, too. I, I, I mean... The quarterback was 38 touchdowns, six picks last year, John. And if well, this line to, works and this whole thing is put together like this, they're, they, they are, their line is set for another four or five. Well, they made a bold move when they made the trade for Zeus. Who I actually think his dad, he, maybe he goes by Zeus too, Zeus, his dad, who played for the Browns, who Pat Hill found and Belichick, it's like a kind of put him on the map, Coach Hill, uh, as like an undrafted free agent. He was massive. And his kid, he's good, right? He, you know, last year Ronnie Stanley, they they moved him to left tackle, and the Chiefs pivoted once they didn't get Trent Williams. Peter Schrager has talked about this on. I've heard him on like Colin's show talk about this. Trey Smith, the 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 right guard, because like they're center. Like you draft a guy in the second round. I say the same thing about Aaron Banks. Like I draft a second round offensive lineman. I'm drafting that guy to be my starting offensive lineman week one. I just am. And you can say, well, John, the history of the league. Someone someone sent me a DM like, Jesse Sapola took him three years to become a starter. Like, like, yeah, guys, you're talking about fucking 1982. If you draft a guy in 2021 in the second round, I think in your draft room, you're like talking about, can this guy be our, especially when the position is open, right? You go, yeah, this guy can be the starter. That's how the Chiefs talk, and he became the starter. The right guard, it's pretty crazy story. Three-time All-SEC offensive guard. Google the SEC's defensive tackles. I don't know. They all go in the first round, typically, the good ones. He was back-to-back first team, and three years ago, he was a second team. Now, he had some blood clot issues. And we know, because we see sometimes, right, certain things that the combine medical check freak teams out. And that is something that's probably, I'm sure, a lot of doctors, who knows? Maybe you think that it's it's an issue that could come back. But when you look he he's played. I, I would completely understand and be like, God, they got kind of lucky. This guy hadn't played in two years. Right. They just took a complete flyer. They didn't take a flyer. He's been their starting uh, right guard at Tennessee for years, right? Now he had the issue and he missed, you know, 2018. But if you then play back-to-back seasons, like that to me could be, again, Schrager, who is, trust me, is very tight with Veach and just texting around. They are smitten on this guy. I, I got a text like, you should see this motherfucker at practice. I mean, also, also, guy, who do you think he, who does he go up against at practice? I don't know. They got this guy named Chris Jones. Like, he's good. 
So if his blood clots are not an issue, like when he plays, he dominates. You know, like Kyle Long. If Kyle Long's not going to play for this team, right? They got Thune, who they paid huge money. And if this guy's good, like Kyle Long's a backup. This guy I know plays he's injured guard right now. and tackle. This guy is just like, I just don't, I'd have to do some more research with other teams. Like, how did you guys not, like, why wouldn't you take a flyer on an all SEC offensive lineman in like the fifth? The fifth round, right. I mean, because he got to the, if he's, <laughs> unless they had another pick in the sixth, he's the second to last pick of the sixth round. I, I do, I do wonder if just a, a large percentage of teams just completely failed him. Took him off the board you know, completely. For the, for the medical. Yeah. You got to be careful with that though. Because it, it, let's just say, if this guy starts three years and he never gets a second contract, he's well worth the six-round pick. It's one thing right? to take a guy off and you don't – who was the linebacker that the uh, – was it Jalen Smith? Ruben. Well, there's Ruben oh, too. Yeah. yeah. You know, I don't know. if Did anyone have Jalen Smith off their board? Maybe. It's like, well, okay. I, 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 think, I, I, think, I think a lot of teams did. Okay, yeah. And I understand. He's gonna, you don't want to take him in the second round. In the sixth? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so he I mean, was not – in my draft room, I think we'd start talking like early five. Do we trade up to get this guy? Did they trade up for him? Well, there are compensatory picks. Oh, so that's what he was. Round. He was a comp sixth, John. So he was almost a seventh round. He was the third to last pick of the sixth round, if you count the comps. He's a guy to keep an eye on because if he's really good for them, like he'll immediately be one of the like, best late round picks in this draft. Like, okay, he's off your board. Sam Ellinger went ahead of him. Is Sam Ellinger going to be an NFL quarterback? No. I mean, guy, you start taking fly. The Niners took Jalen Hurd in the third. Like, you could argue flyers. Could we start taking flyers in the fourth? Remember we had this argument when the Niners took Wisnowski, and everyone's like, you can't take a punter in the fourth. Like, a punter in the fourth, or maybe he's a kicker. Is he a kicker? He's a punter. No, he kicks kicks off, and he's the punter. It's like, oh, oh, after the once we get to the third day in the draft, you can do whatever you want. If you want to give Jason Light shit for a Guayo taking him too high in the second round, that's fair. But once you get to Saturday morning of the draft where they're going to zoos and doing you can take whoever you want at any point in time. Because Wisnowski's a good example. And a lot of people did complain about that. Yep. They got their starting punter in the fourth round. I'll do that all day long. Like that's that does matter. But a starting offensive lineman? I'd be fascinated. I, I, you need like Albert Breer or Peter King to do, if this guy turns out to be really good, let's just say he's a pro bowler year one. Like we need an in-depth study on like how many, te- why teams, is this a, do- is like everyone going to point like Nick Saban did to Danny Cannell's dad? Like it was his fault. Blame the doctor. Because in fairness, if you and me are GMs, this is where it is hard. If we're running a front office and, and, and Dr. Johnson walks in and he goes, okay, so-and-so, Trey, Trey Smith, is that his name? Mm-hmm. Same as Will Smith's son. Blood clots. Uh, I, I just think it's going to be a major issue, and at any moment his career could end. And you'd be like, okay, I'm not a dub. Okay, take him off the board. Or it's like, I really like this guy. Are you sure? Are you allowed to do second opinions to your doctor? Like, can we reach out to another doctor? Or are you second opinions only happen when you need the surgery, and then you go get second opinion? If the doctor's standing there, you can't reach out to another doctor friend. Because there has to be. I think doctors, this, I mean, I, on one hand, you'd think doctors would be offended by that. On the other hand, it's like, no, I want this. I, I believe what I'm giving you as a diagnosis, and it's going to be confirmed when somebody else gives it to you. A longtime general manager, like if you were just bullshitting with like Ozzie Newsom, a guy who's, you know, had like decades worth of drafts. 
Like, how many times did you and the doctor disagree and you just disagreed from like, are we sure? And then he turned out to be wrong. And like, how do you shake that? Especially like in a couple years. Well, the doctor says, no, I'm not sure. You're the one. I'm just telling you it's a 60% chance based on the guessing that I'm doing. Right. Because doctors are, I would imagine there's not a lot of 100% chance. It's not going to ever work. Right. Doctors probably don't tell GMs that. Why would they back themselves into that corner? Well, I mean, we're going through a kind of right now with Corona. Nothing is like black and white, right? When you talk to the medical field, they kind of leave their way. Like most human beings, right, in the private sector, it's kind of black and white. And the the doctor community, that's not really what they do, right? So you just, but the problem is they have so much more knowledge than you. You can call them out, but they just, you don't really know what you're talking about, <laughs> Right. <laughs> You're like, well, can we just give the guy pills, right? Can we uh, hydrate him? Like, what, what do you mean? And the answer is like, back? yeah, that might work. Yeah. Right? That's, the, that's probably the answer. It could work. Now, I wonder how often doctors, it's weird because you would never root for a guy to like go down or whatever, but they do get vindicated, I'm sure, every year with guys. Yeah. It's a weird spot to be in. But like, what if you're worried about like, I wonder, again, I don't know enough doctors, you know, around the country, you know, how big of a deal it is for them to be the doctor of so-and-so, you know, NFL team. So I've always, you know, I, I think it's a pretty big deal, but I, I've always heard there's a lot of liability, you know. That's of what I'm saying. It it, would it be worth the stress, especially I, if you're already I've heard doctor, like I've talked bucks. to a couple doctors about it who say it's not, they don't think it is, but I don't know. I wouldn't want. I, you already have enough stress in your life just working on people, right? Why would you want the GM and the head maybe, coach? Maybe just love. You know, you want to work with the highest performance athletes in the world. I don't know if you've seen, but they do get pretty good seats at the game. They're usually right there, just jogging out there. <laughs> team issue gear. It doesn't suck. You know? They even get a little more leeway. They can like wear just like a pullover. You know, it's not. So, yeah, yeah. Some of them throw the blazer on over the polo, but. Yeah. And you get to be uh, Dr. No James Andrews. Everyone knows. More people know Dr. James Andrews than, uh, you know, a too deep offensive lineman. 1,000%. Get to work with some high-performance athletes. Anyway, um, a couple other things. Before we get to a couple other things, manscaped.com. Go to manscaped.com. Use the promo code HAM, John, right now at manscaped.com. Use the promo code HAM. Get you 20% off and free shipping. You know what's crazy is we've been with Manscaped for a while. This is their fourth generation, the Lawnmower 4.0. Wow. I don't know if we got the 1.0, but we definitely had the 2.0 yeah. and we had the 3.0, mm-hmm. and now they just sent us the 4.0. It's got LED lighting. It's got ability to go in the water, a little waterproof. Uh, USB charger, really, really easy. Uh, it's quiet. Like, it's not super loud, which if you want to kind of be low-key when you're doing a little whacking of the of – the, lower manly region um yeah i I can't recommend it enough they also send a nose trimmer Uh, it's fantastic manscaped.com longtime partners of the show and they just make elite elite i'm not just saying this i mean they they truly do because i've used all their different iterations of their product male grooming stuff i got the uh, the, and nose i use the weed whacker today for some uh for a nose hair cleanup. Join over 2 million men worldwide who've trusted Manscaped with this exclusive offer just for you. 20% off and free shipping with the code HAM at manscaped.com. Code HAM. 20% off. Free shipping. Code HAM at Manscaped. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with manscaped.com. Code HAM. Yeah, yeah. 
ButcherBox.com slash ham and another special deal. Free for a year, you get salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips in every order for a year, plus an additional 20 bucks off right now at ButcherBox.com slash ham. Been telling you about it for years. Been eating it for years on a regular basis. Easily find high-quality meat and seafood. You can trust 100% grass-fed beef, free-range organic chicken, pork-raised, crate-free, and wild-caught seafood. Always be prepared with meat in the freezer when you get butcherbox.com slash ham delivered right to your doorstep with free shipping. ButcherBox is offering you free for a year plus an additional 20 bucks off either salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips in every order for free. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash ham and use the code ham to choose your free offer for a year plus get $20 off your first order. What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at Game Time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, Promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game Time app, promo code HAM, save yourself $20. We don't even need a thank you. Just hammer that promo code. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Um, a couple other things. Where did I put this? Boop, 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 boop. Oh, real quick. Sean McVay. I watched some, did you watch it? I watched a little of Sean McVay's press conference. I did not. They asked him about the, uh, the bears and he said, Hey man, I, I've been watching Andy Dalton for a long time. Going back to his time at high school or TCU or something. Uh, because he was Jay Gruden was his OC somewhere. In Cincinnati, he was. Oh, he said Cincinnati. He was talking about the Bengals. Okay. So so when he got the That's job right. and kept McVay, I bet they implemented the offense and he watched, so he watched a lot, a lot of Andy Dalton. Andy, like, Andy's, Andy, let me tell you, Peter, Andy's a good quarterback, but he said we'd be naive not to prepare for Justin Fields. I mean, Nagy's giving no indication that he thinks of Fields the way that Shanahan thinks of Trey Lance as a package player. But... I, but I think Sean McVay is also thinking, I know what – it's kind of a way to say, I know what I'd be doing if I was in their position. I like Andy Dalton, but I would give Justin Fields some offense. Guy, if in the first half Justin Fields doesn't have just a handful of plays, two or three, I, I, I do think Nagy, it's a little malpractice. Because unlike Trey Lance – 
This guy runs a 4-4 flat. What if you just ran a quarterback sweep, right? Just on the far hash, and you just run a quarterback sweep. Well, I guess you'd probably do it away from Ramsey. So you'd be on the right hash, and you'd be running left. If you put Allen Robinson over there, you can even... The best part about the offense, you can dictate kind of where people line up. If, he, if it's clear, like the first series, he's following Allen Robinson, you put Allen Robinson on the run, one side, and you run a sweep to the other side, where he just sprints and looks for a hole like he's a running back. Or hell, maybe run the option. I hope, just for my man's sake, that because you could lose that game, but you you kind of institute him in, you know, just you show you're a little open minded to trying stuff. You're like, okay, we got a little something here because the next week you do have Cincinnati. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not. I wouldn't be confident on that though. Are you? No, it feels like I I I don't know what's going to happen beyond. It feels like Andy Dalton's getting a game. Just like he's getting a game. And I wonder, I do want, like, I don't agree with this, but I would understand it from his perspective if he's like, we promised him he'd be the start with blah, 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 all this stuff for Andy Dalton. He's going to start a game, and he's going to get to play that whole game. And then after that, we're going to treat him like he's any other player. But now, I, I would not operate that way. You got, you got a bigger organization to worry about, not Andy Dalton's feelings and promises. And I don't know that that's the case. But I do wonder if that's how it's going to play out. Andy Dalton's going to get a game. He's the starting quarterback. And if it's if it's anything shy of an impressive win, now if they win, it kind of extends it a little bit because then you play the Bengals. And you, if you're thinking of them, because here's the other thing, actually, now that I think about it. If you are thinking about Andy Dalton's feelings that way, then you're definitely not replacing him for the week they play the Bengals, if you're thinking about his no. feelings. Yeah, because you like him a lot, and you want him to get some vindication back against his old team, right? But I, you just you now you're balanced. Yeah, you're just juggling too much stuff, given the circumstance well, the organization is in, which is you got to win. Well, like, why did David Shaw make a quarterback change this week? Just because this other guy's clearly better. They both played. They lost. Yeah. The guy that started Jack West threw two picks. The guy that didn't start Tanner McKee uh, had it was a little better, probably. But, uh, you know, he's also the, the big-time prospect. Guy. Yeah. So are there some – now, both guys are not going to play, potentially. But to me, there could be some parallels. Like, you get your ass kicked, like David did. Like, you get your ass kicked, you kind of reevaluate everything. Like, you're constantly reevaluating everything during camp. But until you play a game and look up, did they get shut out in that game? Uh, they scored no, a they scored a touchdown at the end of the game. Okay, so it was a kind of pretty hollow touchdown. Yeah. Like they, it's, it was basically it, was a tw- it made it twenty four to seven, right? Yes. When I, when I flipped it on, they were down like twenty one zero, and it just it was like gee, they couldn't move. It was awful, and at least Twitter was telling me they looked terrible, and you text me they looked terrible. Yeah, like that's what I think. A lot of people think the Bears are gonna. Unlike, I don't think a lot of people thought Stanford was going to look that bad. People are projecting the Bears against the Rams like what Stanford looked like. <laughs> Just to get, like, lose 28 nothing, And you, like, get past midfield one time. Well, if that happens, like you say, even if you're all in on Andy Dalton, you have to reevaluate things. But can you wait four you quarters to do it? it? David Shaw played two quarterbacks in that game. He didn't wait four quarters yeah, to, to me, change the quarterback. To, to me, if well, he went down in with nothing at half. a competition. But yeah, no, you're right. If you're down 21 nothing at halftime. I do think there's some parallels to the teams. I know one guy, they, they both guys got to play, but like you have a highly touted guy that everyone wants to see. The difference is people think you're going to suck. So it's like, what do you have to lose if you're the Bears? I just don't know what you have to lose. More games? Well, what I said the other day, which is if your offensive line's bad, are you hurting Justin Fields by putting him back there? 
Yeah, and that's the pushback. It's like, well, you can't do that against uh, the, one of the greatest players of all time. Well, my, my most teams' defensive line are... You think the Bengals, even if they're a three-win team, if you and I just went to warm-ups and watched the Bengals' defensive line, you'd be like, God, look at those pussies. <laughs> you know, who, who couldn't block those guys? Like, I, those guys are probably huge, you know? I mean, they got some players. Frosty Rucker's still I, there? Yeah, I mean, probably you're 18, but they, they have... They might not be as big as they were. They were legitimately... During the Marvin Lewis era and the Paul Gunther era and Zimmer, I mean, they you were at a sideline. They they were very impressive looking, weren't they? Oh. I mean, they didn't have one guy under 6'4 with arms that hung down to his fucking knees. Yeah. They had one of the best defensive line units for years. Minimum body type and just legitimate players. You know? So it's just I don't they're not as good anymore. But I I don't think you can play that game. Well, this team has this guy, this guy has this guy. You just I think you just got to act in the best. Every team is somewhat of an equal. That's how I look at it. Because I used to think differently, and then uh, coaches, most most coaches don't think like that. Like, okay, you're just not going to try against the Bengals? What if you lose that game? What if that's the game Jamar Chase starts catching everything and Joe Burrow looks awesome? We, we're down at halftime. Right. Because we didn't want to, you know. Be mainly because we put fields in and he wasn't ready or who knows. I mean, you can look at it every different way. I just think you have to look at everything equal and we're just going to play the best guy. That's how I think most scouts look at everything. Just very unemotional about it. And coaches get so into the weeds. Albert Breer talked to Nagy this week and he was just kind of asking him, so like, can you explain? It was all this intangible stuff. Because of course it is. How he gets in the huddle, his presence. And I say this all the time. Once kickoff happens Sunday night, I bet that game, just because the anticipation, like if Dandy goes down and Fields comes in, I'm not missing it. And it's just week one. And doing Stafford. Like 30, Stafford and the Rams. It's doing like a 30. Yeah, in Chicago, though, millions of people are going to be watching it. It's one of the biggest media markets. No one's going to care if they go three and out three straight times. Like, well, I bet Nagy was right about his intangibles, though. Just probably a good guy. Everyone makes fun of Andy when they talk about him being a bad player. Good guy, though. Like, we get it. He's a really good guy. Oh, I'd say if if we just got all 64, there's probably not every team has three quarterbacks. Let's just say, let's pick a number 80 quarterbacks in the NFL. How many on just the societal checkpoints would probably be considered like high character guys? Wouldn't the number be yeah, just relatively pick, high? just pick the whole league. <laughs> the number would be really yeah, high. But, I, but I'm just talking quarterbacks, right? I I think out of the 80 in the league, 70 would probably check just based on other people in society relatively high skew high just the way they act 70 out of 80 feels like it might be a little high when you just factor in like their record resume have never been in trouble oh but college graduates yeah but when people say good guy they don't mean never arrested they mean like just a assaulted quality human being you know true but like I would have said years ago like would Cam be one of those guys I'd say for sure he is Right, I mean, clear. If you got yeah. along in New England, yeah, yeah. you'd be one of those guys, right? Yes. Some guys might be do, have some douchey qualities, but like, like Chase Daniel. Think of the. Nick I think it's Foles. as simple as like, do you like? Does your is is this guy good for your team or bad for your team? You can be bad for a team and not be a quote unquote bad guy, right? Well, well, I would say then the majority, all thirty-two backups would probably check the box, right? Because no coach is messing with a yeah. See, backup. I don't. Well, you wouldn't. Not ideally. There's not enough court. There's not enough people that can play NFL quarterback. I would. There's some guys out there that think they should be the starter, and they're not easy to deal with. And I bet those guys. 
Maybe not most. Do you think, do you think those guys exist anymore, really, though? I think there's, I, there's absolutely a few of them that exist. Mm. That are just not ideal. Now, maybe they know how to behave, and they keep their jobs, and they keep their mouth shut, but... Yeah, I mean, I, I think there's an element, though, of just... I mean, people are people. Most jo- it's just, there's, yeah, most jobs, you know. People are people. But, like... Trubisky's a good example. Like, I know people with the Bears yeah. liked him. They just yeah. thought he wasn't good enough. I'm not yeah. besmirching the reputations of most people. I'm just saying. I bet. I, but I'm just saying, I'm going off the names right now. It's just the names of backup quarterbacks. Well, I'm not going to just start listing guys as starters. Maybe that one's a douchebag. He might be one of the eight <laughs> douchebags. I'm just saying, people are people. You get 50 people to, or 80 people together, and of those 80, only 30 of them get to do the thing that all 80 of them want to do. I know, the but the quarterback aren't always going to be cool with. You know, but here's the thing: the quarterback is already a small, small, tiny subset of the elite humans at their profession. That just to get there, you have to have all these qualities just off the bat, right? To make it to that level, yeah, for the most part. Yeah, but it's where I go back to: there's just not a lot of like your physical talent, your ability is going to get you pretty far at that position because there's not a lot of people that are good enough. So if you can throw the nine route, John. Doesn't matter what kind of person you are, you're going to get a shot because not a lot of guys can hit the nine. I I, I think I think you're underselling a little bit. Like just think about like the Niners and the Raiders, for example. Sudfeld, Jimmy, Trey Lance, Derek Carr, Mariota, Peterman. Yeah, <laughs> like I, you know, I I, I just, just know think, you get eighty people together, seventy of them are not. I'm not saying again, I think not bad. I'm not saying bad. I'm just saying. Not like all in being team guys. That's that's what I'm saying. I'm not saying bad. Yeah, guys. and there's there's always things that like no one would have ever envisioned. You know, Deshaun Watson three years ago when you were talking about him having an issue with the FBI, right? Yeah, right. Really, yeah. I'm, but I'm not talking legal stuff. I'm just saying like, hey, how is that guy? You know, he's good. He's good. This that answer. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Now, one thing I, I learned in scouting, you got to be careful with biases and subjective interactions. Meaning? Right. Well, it's like you interact with a guy. Let's just say, oh, right. let's just use this one. I might have a reason, an axe to grind. I would say Mariota is a guy that every human that has ever come in contact with Mariota, that, like, you get an extraordinary positive thing said. Like, oh my God, he's the nicest guy. He was so friendly. What if the one day Mariota was just having a shit day? Somehow I interacted with him. I was like, God, he's kind of a dick. Yeah. You know, you know, you just, you just never know. Right. It's incumbent on you to realize he might have been having a bad day. Yeah. Maybe I try give to somebody think about that a shot. lot when, yeah, just with humans now. Yeah. Could be his bad day. And then I realized like, get the fuck out of my way. Uh, John, a couple other things. Let's just, uh, let's hit some YouTube comments. Big Sleech says, Tanner Muse got cut on his birthday. Oh yeah. We've left out that part of the story where the Raiders wished him happy birthday on Twitter. After he'd what, been cut I, or before he'd been cut? Yeah, I, I think like I think 30 minutes. They leaked he had been waived, so it wasn't official because I saw someone tweeted out that what they could be doing is attempting... Remember Rodney Hudson? Rodney Hudson has been cut, but really they leaked it like th- five hours before they had to officially waive him and ended up trading him. And didn't you tell me that you heard Cliff like, damn, I didn't even know he was available. Yeah, and then they like, traded him. Basically, yeah. So the, now T- Rodney Hudson and Tanner Muse aren't exactly on the same level. He not only got cut, he got no one claimed him. I, there's a chance, like I, I don't know if Gruden was in Mayock were telling the social media director their plans. So that guy probably just had it in the hopper, right at noon. Well, my question is, why can't you still wish Tanner Muse a happy birthday? That's that's what I would say. Wish him a happy birthday anyway. 
Happy birthday and yeah. best of luck with your future endeavors. That's what the tweet should have said. What would you guess Tanner Muse, the Raiders paid him for never playing in a game? Because it's a third round pick. You get some money. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, not, not $970,000? Yeah, you got eight hundred thirty. Pretty good. I don't think we give, like, obviously being a first round, but being a second or third round pick is not nothing. Not nothing. Right? Like, being a third round pick, you get $830,000 signing. Still, if someone tells you you want to be a third rounder this year or first rounder next year, you still might go back to school, though. For sure. But then you start making, like, you make eight hundred grand every year. So you get the eight hundred signing bonus, and then you just make eight hundred grand every year. It's not. I, I, I think we view it as, like, they get nothing. I know sometimes I do subconscious. Like, I don't even think about them. But remember Derek when he got now second round picks, maybe we view it a little higher. Derek got like $2 million as the yeah. 37th pick, yeah. I remember. Flown by that. Uh, yeah. As it relates to DraftKings, Sam says, I'm a student in Washington, but I live in California, so I'm going to play while I can. Daniel said, use VPN. Try uh, the, the old Express VPN ham uh, uh, promo code. See if that one still works. You ever use that? Uh Yeah. Runaway Turtle says Ruben Foster worked out for the Jags. Not sure if he got signed. Of course. Did he really? He like him. He also, he worked out for the Jets too. What, uh, what's he coming off? ACL? I mean, um, remember his, didn't his foot shatter? Oh, was it or something a foot? In the camp? Mm. I don't think he's played in a couple years. Uh, ACL in 19. 2020 on IR. Only 27 years old. Top 10 linebacker, PFF 2017. Uh, thank you for that note. Uh, Domingo, <laughs> Domingo says, oh shit, Domingo, I just lost your, Domingo a good at, name, Domingo. yeah, Domingo is a good name. Here we go. Um, Domingo says, is it kind of dangerous to advertise Tito's vodka and Manscaped? Maybe disclaimer, wise not to drink the Tito's before using the Manscaped? I mean, I've, <laughs> is that when your favorite activity? Do, what, when do most people do their trimming? Probably morning before shower. I don't know. Morning feels like you, you need some time. Don't you think? Maybe like a Friday afternoon. You think? Yeah, I mean, fr- Friday yeah. afternoon, shower, and then, you know, get ready for the weekend. I don't know. It's a good question. I, I don't know. Is there any I, data I, on I, this? I have to think about, I've, I've probably done my trimming at all different times. <laughs> no rhyme or reason to my trimming. Q Crew says, uh, who's your guy's favorite play-by-play guy in the NFL? Who do you like? I think most of them stink. No, actually, the play by play guys most of them are actually fine. Pretty good. Most of the analysts are terrible, but favorite? Uh, I mean, probably Al. I just, just sucker for Al. Yeah, Al. Al is. Uh, I I actually think most like I I enjoy Jim. I enjoy Iron Eagle a lot. Um. Kevin Burkhart's good. Bur- Burkhart has like, yeah, Burkhart really enjoyable. I mean, most I like of, Joe Buck. Of, yeah, I like Buck. Al, I, I, Al might just be just for nostalgia, and he's still going strong. Yeah, that rascal Al. I'd say most national play-by-play guys. For me, I mean, in most of the major sports, are fine. Yeah, I mean, there are some super famous guys that aren't. Tr- that's their true job. They just get to do it. Yeah, they can be hit or miss, but most of the big guys are. Who did? Because like Herbie didn't do it with Fowler, that he did it with Reese. Because mm-hmm. her Fowler's like, doing U.S. Open tennis. 
Oh. Did Naomi quit? She lost. And then... Early. Yeah. Threw a racket a couple of times. Broke down in the press conference. Said she might be taking a break. I think might have been part of that. Was she the number one seed? Was she the number one seed? I don't know. I don't think Maybe so. Maybe not. She hadn't yeah, been playing probably well. Not. Gotcha. She's She cracked. Josh said the Friday evening before the bars trim is clutch. <laughs> Done that. Yeah. Noah said, I wish us Seahawks fans had a podcast half as good as this one. Well, you're welcome here. Yeah. Just make this one your podcast. Yeah, I mean, if you could find a bunch of people around Seattle to give us probably half a million dollars, we'll do another one. <laughs> yeah, we, that's right. The, the the Ham Network, where it's just us doing every team. Yeah. Locked on Ham. <laughs> it's just Guy and John again. <laughs> John, yeah, I got to tell whoever, you, Missouri, Missouri football. Yeah, if, you, if you can facilitate the sales guy to then set up the deal, we'll we'll put the effort in. Yeah. It's like, oh my God, what do you guys do? We just we just set it up. We start at eight. We do just thirty minute podcast, thirty minute increments, a twenty eight minute podcast with two minute pre breaks. That's how we do it. <laughs> we're just like the military. We've got it set up. I'm telling you, Mississippi State baseball. This is what they got to do. John, when I see Fulham FC, here's what I think. Can you believe that Max Verstappen F1 ham pod? That Max Verstappen and and uh, uh, Lando Norris. Finished 1-2 yesterday at the Turkish Grand Prix. There are, one thing I've noticed, there aren't a lot of major, like, individual teams, like what we do. Now, granted, we still talk about other stuff, too, but, like, the Bay Area guys kind of are, obviously, we're here, this is where we've done doing the radio show, the Niner stuff. Still, you know, still get the Raiders love. Uh, and enough other I, stuff, I, I we do, want to appeal to other people, too. Yeah, I mean, I we can talk whatever. I, I do think the Cowboys have that. And I do think the SEC has that. And I bet if we really dove into the weeds, there's probably something like Ohio State-wise. I, rem- has something like I that. think there's a... Because if you and I, I lived a- in the Midwest, it would be insane to not go all in Ohio State football. Because yeah. I would. Isn't there... There's been a website going for years, uh, like Tex, Tex Ags, I think is one that's been going for a while. And then there's the, the Longhorns one, Chip Brown. Uh, there's like yeah. a long running... Those are a lot of like created a, boards. Created a business turned out of, into right? Yeah, turned into websites. And now I'm sure they have podcasts. Um. You could Harlan, probably do absolutely. like if you were the number one Ohio State and you just went to us for Ohio State news, and like what would you guess? Fifty thousand listens an episode. Well, what is uh, Eleven Warriors? That's their website. I'm sure it's massive. That's yeah, the Ohio State site. It. How many people do you think listen to Paul Feinbaum every day? Now he encompasses an entire conference, right? Probably pretty high. Yeah, and he's been going for how long? I mean, forever. I mean, yeah, a long time. Yeah. You just got to go where the people are passionate, and we just like our passionate people. Ham. Locked on Ham presents the Seahawks. Georgia Tech football breakdown. It would be great. Just be like, Joined by Coach Collins. We're just like wearing Seahawks hats, then we just switch out gear, and then we're wearing Chiefs stuff, and then we switch out gear, and we're wearing like Alabama. How about just we did, that, that would be the move, is we, we just do Southern football. It's like Tennessee. You know, John, I was uh, I was down at the I was uh, going down to the Safeway over there here in California today, just thinking about Tennessee. Oh, you got your Bama hat. Do you think we'd be? Maybe they would embrace us. Well, it's like does Paul Feinbaum do an SEC show or does he do like ninety percent Bama and then talks a little about <laughs> takes like, some calls. You're on a Kirby Smart <laughs> Big weekend for the West Coast, John. We got four Pac-12 games on Fox or ABC. Three Pac-12 games on Fox: Oregon, Ohio State this week. Uh, 
uh, Michigan, uh, Michigan, Washington's on ABC, Colorado A and M is on Fox, and Stanford USC is on Fox. So, no more whining about that. We don't get the time slots. What's the second best game if Oregon Ohio State's the best game of that group? Stanford SC. Well, I, I mean, I would SC's an eighteen point favorite. Um, I I know Washington looked really bad, but what's Oregon? Oregon is a fourteen point underdog. Jesus. I think Thibodeau's going to play, though. That's a pretty big line. It's a huge What's line. Michigan, Wash- you say Michigan-Washington was like five? Uh, yeah, six. Five or six. That feels a little low to me. No, I get it. Harbaugh. Skinny Harbaugh. Skinny Harbaugh. You know, I yeah. It's- What's Colorado A&M? Like 25? Uh, 17. Do you know that that kid threw three picks and they won like 45 to 10? Threw three uh, Hain- interceptions. Haynes King is his name. Three interceptions. Did they play? And they were up 40 at one point in time. I mean, uh, not a good team. Like Kent State, I think, might have been it. Yeah. Three picks. And Jimbo's the head coach, who's like a $150 million man, is the OC. So probably a little tense around there Sunday, Monday. See, I think he's a red, they just named the quarterback like a week ago. Yeah, he's a, he's a younger player. I mean, their big thing, like in uh, following just some SEC shit and just like recruiting stuff on Twitter, people were kind of like, they're not quite Bama, but the recruiting he's done the last two years, if their quarterback play is good, they are stacked. Yeah. They got dudes. Mm. Yeah. They're basically LSU, but with a good coach. I think is the way people talk. And, and even you went to well, A&M when, you, when Fresno State played them in like 07. They've always had like blue chip guys. Well, they had... Right? Uh, yeah, they had... Bennett. What was his name? They had... Uh, Mart- Martellus, Martellus Bennett. They had the running back who was huge. He looked like... Uh, Start with a G, I think Gillespie or something. He was well, they crazy. had Mike Gillespie, but they had another guy who. Oh, was they had like, Lane. Lane was Javorski. Right? Javorski Lane. Yeah. Yep. Javorski Lane. I was telling somebody the other night who didn't quite understand because I was like, you know, you go to the stadium and they start swaying, and the whole stadium moves like it sh- like it. The stadium sways. It's really unsettling. And they were like, "Well, what? How do they know to do that?" I'm like, "Because they practice all their chants the night before." At yell practice on a Friday night, you get like forty percent capacity. I've, I went; the place was packed, like half one whole half of the stadium. They're all there. It's almost midnight on a Friday. It's called yell practice. All the cheerleaders are there, and they just go through the list. And they're like, "All right, all right, next up, John, John, you suck." And it's like, "John, John, you suck." And then they do whatever the hell they do, and they practice all their chants. It's I've never heard of anything like it. They do it. I went. It was crazy. I've never seen anything like it. You're telling me they have forty percent capacity. Well, I mean, the day I don't know what the number is. I'm just going off my memory. But it's from a like lot 11. of. Uh, but a lot of people are there. It was like one half stadium. of the stadium, several sections full. Everyone, we just came from a bar. Me and Ryan Reggiani. We're like, we got to go to yell practice tonight because and there. it's dark outside. It's like it's d- night. Yeah, you just go. In, you just go into the stadium, <laughs> and they practice. Yeah, that was uh, Marlon Moore put the ball over the over the pylon, right? Knocked out. Touchback, the dogs lose. I think there that was, was a Ryan Matthews' penalty. first game as a Bulldog, and I had was pretty good. But he got hurt. Yeah, th- that was the first time I ever saw Jim McElwain get well soon, Coach. Mac at the Central Michigan now. They play They play LSU in two weeks. Ooh, I hope he's back for that. Maybe he can put up some points. Ooh, yeah. him and Tim Skipper. Go get it done. Yeah. So uh, that was the first time I ever saw an offensive coordinator run the play where they split. he split three offensive linemen out to the hash marks. And then ran work. a bubble screen. So, like, it was 3-0 linemen plus a running back behind him. I guess not a bubble screen. Quarterback takes turns, throws it out there. 
And then he's got to run behind the offensive lineman. I think I got like two yards. <laughs> How sweet did the formation? All lineman in space, you know. <laughs> was that was a play. big year for Jim. That was a big year for Jim McElwain because Tom Brainsader had a big time year, yeah. and then he got hired. I don't know to work for this guy named Nick Saban, yeah. and two years later, he's a national champion. Yep, it was. All right. On that note, hey, Thursday. It's Thursday. There's games. So Thursday, we'll tell you what our lock of the week is, as well as our dud of the week. And uh, go get in the DraftKings game. There will be a football game on Thursday night. So we'll be live before that football game in the afternoon. And then if something happens in that game, maybe we'll do some more content. And then it's we're off and rolling, man. It's, it's here. Thank you, Jesus. Better factory, Alabama or Ford? Do you see Ford just hired Tesla's Big uh, their car maker? So I got it. Ford on the comeback trail. Mm. This is like when they tried to, like it, to win at Lamont. It'd Le be Mans. like the equivalent if, like, um, you know, if LSU this fires Ed and hires Dabo. You'd be like, yeah. LSU's on the comeback trail. Right. That's what Ford hiring a guy from Tesla. Right. The Americans, we land on the moon, and then Russia hires our head NASA guy. Yeah, i i would give the I would give the nod right now to Alabama over Ford. I would too, because really, beside the F one fifty, what and just their truck, what do they bring to the table? I mean, the Mustang, but if you're into that, feels like it's had its run. Yeah, it yeah, in the sixties. Mike Ewing drove a Ford Taurus. Taurus, they had a government thing? contract for years. Chris Chickenance had a Taurus too, blacked out. <laughs> yeah. That is key. You you get a sedan and then you get a government deal. So you just flip a ton of them. Rocky Mountain says uh F one fifty lightning looks sweet. I've been in one, they are fast. Billy Whalen had one. <laughs> yeah. I think it was called the maybe it was called the lightning. Marcus Wilson had the bumblebee. Remember that thing? That was was that like a yellow lightning, basically? Yeah, I think that was a do- I think that was a dodge, if I remember correctly. Oh, might the bumblebee might not have been a Ford. Gotcha. But it, I think the the lightning was definitely the F one fifty. Yeah. Remember what Nicholas Cage in uh, not Fast and the Furious, but Gone in sixty seconds. Is that what he had? The Shelby, the Shelby Mustang. They've got like a kind of a SUV ish looking electric Mustang now. Have you seen that one? I have not. It kind of looks like I guess the, the SUV Tesla. The Bronco's the back. I haven't seen it on the road yet, have you? I have not seen it on the road, but it's back on the internet, which basically might as well be the road. I felt like it was back, but I haven't seen anyone driving it. That had a good run. I'd say the Ford Bronco. Did it peak with OJ? It's like late 80s model was sweet and early 90s. Like what OJ was driving was like one of the badass cars of the fleet in like 94, like just that two door Ford Bronco. That's all. It was just like, yeah, was kind of the equivalent of like, probably what, like, I don't even know. I mean, it wasn't as high end as like the Escalade or something, but it was just a lot of people drove that thing. I knew a lot of people with Ford Broncos as a kid. Who, somebody had a, anyway, we just start naming people. <laughs> maybe it wasn't the lightning I was in. Maybe it was, what was the other Ford pickup? No, I think he, I think he had a lightning. We definitely had a lightning in high school. Because he's saying that the truck's not out yet. So was it called the something lightning. else? The Bumblebee? It wasn't the Bumblebee. Bumblebee tuna? <laughs> okay, I'm starving. Speaking of Bumblebee anything. tuna. <laughs> Later. All right, everybody. Thanks for hanging. Later. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.